Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech Radio with a difference. Talk Radio. Here's the thing, right? We've known each other for, what, three years since I've been working here? Maybe longer if you were listening to us at the other place. And I have not been feeling like I've been honest with you for most of that time. Because I don't think I am who you think I am, right? 
and I'm not talking about anything existential. I'm not talking about me being dishonest or anything like that in terms of my character or the things I believe and all that stuff. Um, but you've been calling me like Kath for sort of what five years now, and I am not Kath to anyone else in my life. Here's the thing, right? That moment where someone starts calling you something that's not your name and you don't correct it and it spirals, right? So that's the first thing I want to talk to you about tonight. Has that happened to you? And did you set them straight? Or are you that other name to someone else now forever? I had a teacher that used to call me Mary. I have no idea why. Probably something rude. Probably an in-joke in the staff room. But for ages, he, he would just call me Mary. Um... Outside of this room, outside of this office, outside of like the rabbit hole shows and uh, Twitter, I'm not Kath at all. I'm Catherine or Kate. Kate generally for family members, but just not Kath anywhere else. In fact, my mum hates me being called Kate, hates it. And growing up, if anyone, oh, sorry, Kath, and if anyone called me in front of my mum, she would go nuts. So it took a long time. And that is why my hand, my Twitter handle is Flippin' Kath, because it's my mum's voice going, what are they calling you? Flippin' Kath. And that's why, right? Also, you know, my name had gone by that time, my actual name or any of the names I go by. But that, you know, I just thought I'd come clean about it. It's been weighing on me, not heavily. I'm not that bothered. But it, it always kind of, the way people know me, you can tell whether they actually know me or whether they know me through the radio. You know, if they call me Kath, it's a radio thing which is cool. I generally don't mind if I like you. But it's just, you know, if someone you don't like calls you by the name that's not yours. I'm sure I'm not the only one. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Alan Caddick. Hi, Kath. Hey, there you go. Does anyone call you Al? No, they just call me Caddick like Ian does. Yeah, and how do you feel about that, really? Making me feel like a bucket called Mr Bond saying, You boy! <laughs> does it make you feel like you're at school? Yeah. <laughs> So what, everyone outside the radio calls you Alan? Yeah. Oh. Even Sam, and he's working there. Well, how would you prefer to... How I'll call you whatever you want to be called. Well... As long as it's not like Big Boy or Daddy or something. Dusty. Dusty? As in Dusty Ben. Why? Because I'd love the old ITV game show 3 two, one. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure I can call you Dusty forever. <laughs> Does anyone else call you Dusty, or is it just a you and me thing? Well, when I was at college, my nickname was DJ Dusty. Oh, was it? Yeah. Why? Because I did my own whapping. Okay. Well, can't argue with that. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> Many hidden talents, Kat. So many, and we are only discovering them bit by bit. How's your day been today, uh, Dusty? Hello, man. DJ Dusty in the house. Uh, yeah, I've been looking forward to an event that's happening on Sunday in America. In America? Oh, OK, because when you were saying it was happening this weekend, I thought you meant the, that horse race, but you're talking about well, something different. There, there are other events besides the Grand National. Are there, though? The boat race? Yeah. FA Cup semi-finals. But in America, we've got WrestleMania. OK, I mean, out of all of them, and I've got very, very little interest in any of them, the thing that would interest me more, and that's not saying a lot, I refer to my previous comment, is the WrestleMania. So who's the hot favourite for this one? Or can you not have hot favourites? Well, the women have got the main event. 
Right. Come in here. All right. Wowdy Wonder Rousey, which is the war women's champion. Wowdy what what? Wonder Rousey. Ronda Rousey. Yeah. She used to be in UFC. Okay. What's that she's, mean? she's the war women's champion. Going up against Charlotte Flair, daughter of the Nature Boy. The Nature Boy. Ric Flair. Right. She's the SmackDown World Champion against the winner of the Women's World Rumble match, Becky Lynch. Becky Minge? No, Becky Lynch. <laughs> she won the World Rumble. Okay. In a triple threat match where it's winner takes all. I'm hearing a lot of words um, and none of them make any sense. But it sounds like, like it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be it's on the WWE Network. Okay. Do any of them do like tricks? You know, like the voodoo man used to put a spell on everyone and. Um, ravishing Rick Rude would like wear gold pants, and or is that not doing happening anymore? Well, Charlotte Flair, she's got a move called the figure eight. All right. She locks her legs of her opponents like her dad did for the figure four. Then she would stand on her hands to turn it into a figure eight. Okay, well that's a move. It's a submissive move, that is. Right. And what about you? With me, I would body slam and not. <laughs> Did he though? Because yeah. I mean, you look at them, and I know that Hulk Hogan was a muscly man, especially in his prime. But Andre the Giant, what by the name, it w- was, he was massive. A big lad, Andre the Giant yeah, was. He was. And Hulk Hogan body slammed him back in 1987. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Was like the irresistible force meeting the immovable object. Right. I mean, it, you're you're an encyclopedia of these things, and so. Um, so I'll take your word for it. But, uh, yeah, it sounds fun. So that's happening on Sunday? On Sunday night. And how will you prep for that? But go to bed early and stay up all night. Wow. You know how to live, Dusty. I know. Take care of yourself. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I mean, when Caddick came on, I, I usually think I'm going to know what the script is, but I really didn't account for that particular performance. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Kate. How are you doing? Oh, all right, thank you. It sounds a bit weird coming from... It sounds a bit weird going to that transition, but I did ask for it. <laughs> you really did. I did. Yeah. So, have you had that situation where someone calls you something different and it sticks, or...? Well, what I wanted to tell you about is a, is a fantastic story. My, my, my grandmother, who's no longer with us, mm-hmm. she lived in the South Wales Valleys and she used to have her eggs delivered by a lady around the corner that ran a farm. And... Um, you, 66 years, she called her um, Moraviz. Moraviz, that was her her name, and she knew her from school. Moraviz. Moraviz, yeah, I think it's M-O-R-F-Y-D-D or something like that. I'll take your word for it. Well, yeah, thanks. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So she had eggs delivered all her life. 66 years she delivered eggs. And... um, in the last couple of years of my grandmother's life, she knocked on the door and she said, thank you, Morvid, for the eggs. And she said, Cynthia, do you mind if I tell you something? My name is Morwen. <gasps> She'd been calling her Morvid for 66 years <laughs> and never corrected her. Bless her. I challenge anyone to beat that. <laughs> 66 years. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. Yeah, so good. Bless her heart. So good. Um, are you, an, are you ever an Andy or does it depend? Oh, no. I worked in America for a while, and I had lots of kids calling me Andy like this, like Andy, Andy, Andy all the time. So I I decided that was never again. It's weird, isn't it? Because, you know, there's nothing wrong with Kath. It's not horrible, but it's just not my name, and it's not what I'm used to. But you kind of get used to it in a certain scenario. 
my wife is Catherine. Yeah. Spelled the Welsh way, C-A-T-H-R-Y-N. Uh-huh. And if anyone calls her Cathy, they're probably going to get a punch. Well, there you go. Quite right, too. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't, so quite, I wouldn't mess with her. I wouldn't mess. I got a, no, no, you wouldn't mess with my wife. i got a question for you, Kat. Yes. Uh, Kate, 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 <laughs> Kate, 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 sorry. Um, are you ever likely to come to Cardiff for... Um, rabbit hole stuff hey quite possibly quite possibly because it's one place we haven't been yet we're kind of trying to move things out the whole point really was Mm. to get out of london and you know and i'm not from down south originally so i know that there is a world beyond but you know some people need need it proven to them (laughs) and also you know the different audiences have got different personalities and stuff and i would love to try the show out in cardiff i just don't know whether we've got enough of a following there yeah, well, how would you know, I guess? Would, would you just... you got to try it. it. I, I suppose you just got to mm. try it and hope you found the right place, you know. Because there's nice little venues, you know, like you've done before. It could be it could be above a pub, couldn't it? Or yeah. in a community hall or whatever, I guess. It just needs really good Wi-Fi. And probably about... We'd probably go about 50 seats. Mm. Nothing bigger than yeah. that, because otherwise you're asking for it and everyone's rattling about and it's embarrassing. And, and do you ever get listeners to try and, and secure a venue? Do you or not? We get them to recommend sometimes, yeah, if they know. Um, in fact, where we do the Rabbit Hole Picture Show, that was recommended by a guy who works there and listens, and that was a great find. My God, what a place. So, yeah, oh, we would definitely okay. take advice on that. Have a think about it for us. Yeah, I might, yeah I'd like to. It would be fab for you to come to Cardiff or Bristol, even. Well, I guess. We, we have, don't, have we done Bristol? We've have done, done Bristol, haven't we? I, can't think of you doing Bristol. No, if I we did Bath. We did Bath. Oh, okay. It's another B. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're too far away. Yeah. All right. Let, let me have a th- let me have a think about it because I think we've, we've got a few booked up and then we were going to give it a little rest. Um, but I'm always open to suggestions when it comes to that. Okay. And one last question before I go. Yes. Um, I called up a few months ago and I did a pub quiz with you and Ian, uh-huh. and he threw a pen at you. Yes, I did with a green got- pen. You got pen on your blouse or whatever you were wearing. I had wearing. a white jacket know, on. Did it ever come out? It did. Of course, it came out. I'm a mother of two. I know about uh, fifty different ways of getting stains out of clothing. Okay. And then generally it, all work. It's lived with me. You know, I close my <laughs> eyes and I can see that green pen. So Don't. I just want to make sure it was all okay. Don't blame yourself. It was that pudding. It wasn't your fault. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> for ringing, Andrew. Hey, likewise. <laughs> Thanks very much. Take care. Bye now. Bye bye. Hey, we got Sophie, who was our um, boozy lady the other night. Now I'm just wondering how you're doing today, Sophie. No, it's it's not right. My head's still spinning. Actually, <laughs> it hasn't stopped since I last spoke to you. I'm laughing because I'm assuming this is still the act, but it could all backfire. Well, no, I don't know what to do. I said to the lady, "Should I go straight into it?" And she said, "I don't know what to do." No, you're fine. You did you did it perfectly. How are you doing, Sophie? Right, who am I now? Sophie? Yeah, just be you. <laughs> okay. No, I'm very well, thank you. Good. <laughs> You've sobered up. You've got over the husband troubles. She's back. No. And she's fabulous. No. No? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How's your day been? Um, it's actually... Who should I be? I don't know what to do. Should I be... So, the boozy lady. No, just be you. Tell me what's been going on with you. Um, well, I, I tell you, I tell you something funny. Um, well, it might not be funny to you. I know, I know Ian's off this week, isn't he? And yes. He, my friend had a, 
his name is Ian, obviously, and there's this, there's this, you have to show, there's a scene in my, I don't know if you've seen it, my big Greek fat wedding. Yes. And he's saying the name Ian, it's so funny, I was trying to find it, um, and he goes, because he's called Ian, and the father hates him, doesn't he, because he's not Greek, and he's really, um, really angry, he's going, Ian! It's just really funny, have you seen that, have you seen that? I, just to, I, I used to love, I used Ian. to love that film so much. I love it, it's brilliant. She was I, funny. I, it's actually one of the best films. I loved it, I loved that. Mm, it was really good. But I, just when he says the name Ian, he goes on. I couldn't find it on YouTube, actually, that particular scene, but you must try and uh, get Ian to, to watch it. Okay. It's quite funny. I'll note it down. I can't really tell you what's gone on in my life because I don't want anyone to identify me. <laughs> All right. All right. That's up to you. You can tell me as much or as little as you want to. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, something... Um, is oh, I don't, a lot of I don't know what the people listen to your show. I don't know if it is mothers because it might be too late for the minor. I suppose it might be asleep. I'm a mother. Oh, there are mothers there. Yeah, so that's... you know what's happening? The kids are in bed and they're getting a bit of me time. So yeah, there'll be mums listening. Well, hopefully, because I I can't believe that I um, when I discovered this late night show, I was laying. I was listening to it for ages. Probably a bit too late. I thought it's just so great, isn't it? And, well, for me, it's like playground politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone can relate to that, I'm sure. Um, and it's just a bit sad, really, isn't it, I think? Um, mothers who are not very welcoming and clicky, you know? I've just been observing yeah, a lot. Yeah, I know what you mean. How many friends have you got on the playground? Well, funny enough, I left... I don't want to give too much away, but I've, I'm quite a new mum, you see. So I didn't really... For me, I don't really mind about having friends, you know. Yeah. For me, it's about the kids. But I want them very friendly, smiley. And some have come up and been like this. It is very clicky. And I remember when I was at the last school, if a new mum would start, I'd always be very welcoming. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you can't control people, and you know, it is what it is. Um, it's just funny. I'd love to write a book about it, actually. It is um, quite interesting watching it happen, isn't it? And and it can be for so many reasons. Uh, you know, they might uh, know each other from having older kids and all that stuff, and you can't blame them for meeting up with their friend and getting no. into conversations and not knowing you're on your own. But, yeah, when you're the Absolutely. person standing there on your tod, it, you do feel very aware of it. Yeah, you do. And I think you're right. I mean, like, in the last school, I had a lot of... Obviously, we were there for a long time, and I built up a lot of friendships, and I was probably that mother. But I was always, if there was someone stood on their own, I'd always include, you know what I mean? I'd make yeah. them, oh, how are you? And but maybe it's Hey, I've like had that. that thing where you're standing with someone you, you know a bit, or you might be quite friendly with, and then so another mum comes up who you see oh, all the time, no. and they don't talk yeah. to you. Yeah, that <laughs> happened to me today, actually. I was chatting with someone, I thought, oh... That's nice. She's chatting with me. And then someone else comes along and hijacks it, and I'm like, she did that like a lover. And they don't <laughs> like, include you at all. No. Isn't it funny? You've got a laugh. Yeah. And there's, because it's those moments where you think, right, I feel about 14 again. And I remember this feeling yeah, from school. Yeah. Yeah. And it is like a snapshot in your life because once you go to secondary, um, you don't, you know, you do, you might see the odd mother, but it's just so different, yeah. you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter anymore. No. And I've got friends who, just drop and go because they've got to go to work. So they don't even go to the playground. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's almost um, better in a way. I know exactly what um, you mean. I remember- it's just, yeah, it just, it just gets me thinking and uh, it's just interesting, isn't it, how people 
People, people are interesting. It's, it, uh, thank you for raising that because it's something I've thought. You only ever think about it when your mate isn't there on the playground, right? And you, you ask yeah. and you think, yeah. Do you know what? I could be. I'm invisible. Um, yeah, yeah. But good, good for you to for you know uh, bearing that in mind when a new person comes along because I bet it is appreciated. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you know, I just I think. Um, I yeah, I'm not going to say any more because uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I think absolutely, absolutely, and I just think I just I sometimes I I just yeah, I don't want it, you don't want it to let you to get bitter because it's just one of those things, you know, and it's just it is what it is. And yeah, and you like know what, they're not sure in your life, they're, and they're not doing it to you. You know what I mean? They're no. not doing it on purpose, but even though it can feel that no. way sometimes, but uh... yeah, it can, I think it, it is like it's exactly like you, you're in the playground, aren't you? You're standing there like. You know, no one wants to play. Um, as if you were fourteen again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God, that was me for quite a long time, oh. Sophie. Yeah. Hey, oh, it's nice to speak to you. Thanks for ringing. Yeah. Anyway, okay. <laughs> take care of yourself. Take care. Bye. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You're listening to Talk Radio. I'm Catherine Boyle, and the phone lines are open. Why don't you give me a ring? The late night alternative with Catherine Boyle. You never know just where the conversation will take you on Talk Radio. So first up, that's not my name. What is the name that people have been calling you for years sometimes and you didn't correct them then and you can't correct them now? 0344 499 1000, give me a ring. But, you know, I'll lay these talking points out, but they're not hard and fast rules. You know this show. You can ring up about whatever you want to, really whatever you want to. I was just looking in the uh, online papers and this sort of leapt out on me, especially as we were talking to Sophie just now about that being that sort of mum in the playground. Their bodies are ruined. Menless reasons why they refuse to date single mums. Richard Cooper, who has a child himself and therefore has ruined someone's body, <laughs> says there are lots of dangers when dating a single mum and they're pretty shocking. A man who refuses to date single mums has revealed the shocking reasons he avoids them because he's a plum. Oh, no, hang on. Let me just read what it says in the mirror. Claiming they have questionable judgment skills and think the world revolves around them. He sounds so nice. Richard Cooper also shares a vile meme which describes their bodies as ruined and says their child will just their child will just eat your money and destroy your dreams. Again, what a nice fella. He spoke about the hazards of dating single mothers at an event, listing nine reasons he believes it's a bad idea. The dad claims he dated a mum of two boys for three years. Ah, okay. Who hurt you, Richard? I think we found the answer. So he's speaking from experience. Um, he says there's truth in every joke. When you see stuff like this meme, you've got to think about it. His first reason is extra heartbreak after the split, saying when she goes, they go too, you never see them again. And even though they might have driven you nuts, you have double or triple the heartbreak. There we go. We're talking about a hurt man, aren't we? It's very easy for them to end the relationship because they've done it before. Wow. It's easy for them to move along and just slide into the next relationship. I don't know, maybe you made it easy, Richard. He also claims mums have questionable judgment skills and you will never be a priority. Save yourself for somebody else that has the capacity and time. He also says that too much time is eaten up by the kids. He then says single mums think the world revolves around her and the kids. Yeah, she kind of has to. And even says her children will work against you. He also claims they're emotionally unavailable and rarely take ownership of mistakes in their lives. Again, this sounds very specific, doesn't it? Flipping it. He also believes they have a distorted self-image, saying all you have to do is go on any dating app. You'll see single mums on there. They think they're, ten, they're a ten when they're like a six. Everyone has had that experience, I'm sure. Okay, you keep telling yourself that. 
He's not the only one. Jonathan Cass, 52, told The Sun he'll always avoid women if they, he believes they might have children. He says, I don't want to be second best. Single mums are too expensive. I'm feeling selfish and not dating women with children is part of that. Do you know what? That's cool if that's the situation. You're better off to know that from the outset, aren't you? Paul Dacres from Cambridge says he isn't mentally prepared to deal with the emotions of raising somebody else's children. Again, fair enough. Don't blame the woman for that. He also admits he wouldn't be happy spending his money on them. And Dan Mower, 46, says he's worried about the children walking in when things are getting intimate. OK, well, well, they invent they invented locks for that reason. 03444991000 if you want to um, have your say on that one. But uh, you don't have to. We can talk about skiving off. I've got a story about that from last week. I meant to tell you about it last week, but things happened. And also uh, uh, a talking point entitled, Do You Mind If I Watch? I'm not going to tell you what that is at the moment. You can take that and run with it and take it in whatever direction you want to. But you can ring me about anything and nothing. You know this show. 0344 Let's have a quick word with Matty. Hey, Matty. Hi, Cathy. <laughs> Hello, Matty. You all right? I'm fine. Well, listen, can I just say, you're doing an excellent job standing for Ian. Thanks very much. It's better than a shouty shouty. Well, shouty shouty's got its place. Yeah, it has, yeah, but it's, it's, it's so more relaxed. Yeah. Listen well, to you. Okay, well, hopefully you don't relax so much you fall asleep. That's the problem. Oh, no, 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 seriously, no. It's, it's, it's really enjoyable listening to you. Thank you. you. You got more of a chance to speak. <laughs> yeah, what did you want to say then, Matty? Go on. Well, you talking about that story before about uh, the guy moaning about single mums and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I was a single dad. For uh, I brought my kids up from when they were uh, youngest is now nineteen now. Right. Uh, I brought them up from when he was two years old. Me other mum was three, and me other mum was seven. Wow. Uh, okay. The mother walked. The mother walked out to the the labs years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and I spent years. Uh, trying to go on a dating scene, but I told you know when I mentioned oh, I've got kids, uh, it was like I was getting avoided. Really? But it it just it just takes that right person to find you. Yeah, and you, and, you, and you kind of want to know whether they've got the stuff, don't you? you? What you don't want is someone who's not into it because it's no good for you, and you're also thinking of your kids. Yeah, well, uh, what it was, I met, I mean, I thought I met someone. Uh, and what happened was, uh, I thought she was the right one. Obviously, she wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she scared the living daylights out of my oldest son. Really? Uh, and he was petrified of it. Why? Uh, too, what, too yeah, strict it, or what? Oh, she, yeah, she was very strict. Uh, and she just, I don't know what it was. They just, she took her total dislike into her. Uh, and she, we ended up finishing anyway. Uh, but then, uh, uh, my wife, who I'm with now, come along and she's got no kids of her own, but she's the most beautiful person in the world. Mm-hmm. You, you couldn't ask for a nicer person. And she stuck with me. She's taken thin, through wellness and everything. Uh, and she's put up with the kids, turning into teenagers and being, you know, boisterous and horrible, as teenagers do. Yeah. Which is uh, which is horrible when they're your kids. So I can imagine when they're not your kids and they're giving you lip, it must be really difficult. Well, they, well I, I can see it from her point of view. Do you yeah. know what I mean? When they, they're giving her stick, yeah, and she's like, and I can't, I can't put up with this. And I'm going, 
my kids. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to give my kids up, whatever. No, blah, and blah, also, blah. you know, if it's teenage behaviour, it's teenage behaviour. Yeah, yeah. But it, but, it, it must mean, be a difficult line, though, because obviously you want to keep your wife happy and you don't want them taking the mick, but at the same time, you know, your children have been your first priority for so long. Yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying. I mean, she understands. Do you know what I mean? She knows that obviously the army kids and they can give stick. And it's like any teenager, it's like, you know, like Kevin and Betty. <laughs> oh, hey, you! Yeah. No, no, no stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and she, she puts up with it. Uh, but now, like, obviously, as I said, my youngest is now 19. Uh, he's got his own car. He's doing his own thing. My middle one's 20. And he's, you know, he's he's gone his own way. And my oldest one's now 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's doing his own thing. He's a grown-up man. And it, it, you know, and she she respects that. You know what I mean? And do, are they all boys you've got? Oh yeah, they're right. all boys. Yeah. Flipping heck. So she went into a household where she was outnumbered. Well, she, when she was when she moved in, she turned around and said, "This is like a bachelor's pad." <laughs> I bet. <laughs> and, had you, and had you been running it kind of like you know, in the best will in the world, like like a bunch of blokes? It, 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 was it missing the female touch? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah, because everyone was there. It was, like, you know, male pictures, like, boxing photographs. And, <laughs> what, on the wall? You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Flipping out, Matty. It's like a teenage no, no, boy's I bedroom. I mean it in the wrong way, you know what <laughs> no. I mean? What I'm saying is it was male-dominated. Yeah. Like, the DVD, the DVD cupboard was, like, full of male films, and, like, Die Hard and... Of course it was. Like that. Of course it was. It was, was no, yeah. It was no, like, uh, you know... Uh, how can you call it? What, what's it called? Like, oh, what, what are they called? Well, uh, like f- feminine touches. Female yeah. love stories and it like that. You know what I mean? It was all male-dominated. Yeah. So but how... it's in between. Good. So how does it... Um, how long did it take for that transition for it to feel like it was her house and not just her moving in with you and the boys? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't want to really say in case she's listening. <laughs> yeah, you can tell me, and then I'll get the truth when she rings me up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> uh, if she's not listening, it was like, uh, I can say it was six months, but if she isn't listening, it's <laughs> two years. Yeah, I bet, I bet. And you've got to go You've got to go carefully, especially when you... Because your kids were really little. Yeah, they were, yeah, they were and they, 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 they went through some really hard times. I bet. I bet. Uh, but, you know, I, I jumped in. I, I was I was always there for them, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, when, even when they were with the mum. Yeah. And I, I, I went down to see them. I was there every day, but it was eventually the mum literally just, like, dumped them on the grandmother and went. That was disappeared. it. That was it. That was it. She just went missing and... Uh, you know, and I, I just jumped in and went, they're my kids and they're not going anywhere else, know what I mean? Yeah. And they live with me since they were babies. Now, the impression I get, you know, as a woman, is that when you see a single dad who's, you know, pulling his weight and taking that responsibility on, on his own, everyone kind of has an affection for that and thinks that, you you know, you're doing a really noble thing. Less so with single mums. I don't know, they just seem to be taken for granted that they... You, know, no, you, you, you get idiots like this in the mirror who no. think they must have done something wrong, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, you'd be surprised. I mean, I feel sorry for single mums as well. Yeah. Because they have to, you know, they have to bring their kids up, especially if they've got 
you know, dads who are really horrible. Yeah. Uh, and, they, you know, they don't really care about the kids. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I've, I've felt the same way because my kids were left by the mother. She didn't want to see them like, yeah. for, like, years until they were a lot older. Like, How do you explain like, that to a kid? It's, it's really hard. Really, really hard. Especially when they, they say, yeah, where's my mum? Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. Yeah. Because you can't explain, you can't really explain. Do you know what no, I mean? because it's grown-up problems, really. Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But, it, it, you know, ways, but ways, I mean, the single dads and the single mums. Yeah. And it, the, the problems work both ways. Do you know what I mean? Of course they do. Of course but they I, do. I, I, I think it's, it's, it's more brought into light because there's more single mums than there's single dads. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of single mums out there. There's, like, there's so many single dads. Yeah. And obviously they're trying to find someone and single dads are trying to find someone as well. How did you but do you it in the it. end? Because um, obviously when you when you became single or found yourself single, doesn't sound like you chose it, your kids were really little, so how do you find the time? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about trying to find the time for, you know, for a hobby as someone who's in a relationship and has children. You know, we're apparently the... You know the the model family two point two well two children two adults but it's, still, <laughs> but it's still bloody difficult and it's not ideal and everyone compromises and I can't find time for myself then how do you do it if there's just you? Uh, <laughs> can I say? Go on. Real and grandparents. Ah, there you go. There you go. Uh, I mean, me mum and me, me brothers and sisters and obviously dad, grandmother as well. The mum's grandmother. Uh, she was always involved with the life. Obviously, the mother, the mother wasn't, mm -hmm. uh, but the, the grandmother was, uh, and they they all felt a lot. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and then one day, it was just I was just out. I was I was, I was off for a Christmas drink, and I, I just <laughs> to be honest with you, I know it sounds stupid, but I just bumped into the woman in my dreams. It doesn't sound stupid. It sounds brilliant. And then I was like, but obviously, I had to tell her the truth. And I had to, you know, I had to tell her parents the truth because you, you can't go into a relationship. We're not saying, by the way, I've got three kids mm -hmm. uh, to another uh, relationship from years ago and, you know, and this is who I am and I've been single for so many years and my kids in my life and whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, but she was the most honest, she's the most beautiful person in the world and I can't thank, well, I can't thank anyone enough for it. Uh, she's been there through thick and thin. I mean, I've had, like, I had a really bad illness two years ago. I was in a coma for five weeks uh, with a, a severe brain injury, mm. and she brought, brought through, stuck with me through thick and thin. Ah, uh, you, you struck gold there then, Matty. Yeah, I have, yeah. Well, listen, Kat, thank you very much. It's a brilliant show, and I'm enjoying I'm driving to Manchester Airport and I have to pick my brother up from all of these, but I'm going to listen all the way to Manchester. Ah, you're a good one. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And thanks for ringing. Ah, yeah, and you're welcome. Thank you very much. Take care. Night, Matty. Night, night. There you go. What a nice fella. When he first rang up, I'm going to admit it, I thought he was going to be a prank. Did you? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. I'm in trouble now with Matty. He sent me a text message... Uh, a Twitter, but a Twitter, a tweet. Sorry, I need to. Can I just have a cup of tea? I'm just, just a minute. I'll, I'll be. Hang on. 
The problem is with me, I had my reset button hit this morning. You're lucky I'm not speaking Spanish. He sent me a tweet saying, oh, thanks, calling me a crank. I'm really, I, I really didn't mean it like that, Matty. It's just that when we get a new caller on and they're nice to me, I always think there's going to be an F-bomb coming. And that's just the way I'm programmed. Um, if you want to give me a ring, 0344-499-1000. I thought you were delightful and I hope you'll ring again, if that means anything. Hey, Nigel. Oh, hi, Catherine. Hiya, Nigel. You're muffled again. Are you going to go in your bedroom for me? Uh, no, I'm, I can't really because there's children above me. If oh. I can manage, I just, it's any better. Do you know what? I can live with it. If you start breaking up, though, I'll have to tell you. Is it OK now? Yeah, it's all right. It's yeah, all right. It's I can right. hear you fine. I've just set one of the Beatles songs up for you. Perfect. Uh, Perfect. Get Back, the one called Get Back. I've heard of that one, yeah. I'm familiar with that particular ditty. I already know the words. It's got some good tunes on there, The Long and Winding Road. Oh, that one. I bet you're uh, good at that one. Well, I can sing all of them in fact once I learn, learn the words, but I need to learn the words first. There's plenty of time. But anyway, I, I love the fact that you're delving into you. the Beatles' back catalogue. Mm. and uh, it's 2019 and you're discovering something new. I think it's a beautiful thing, Nigel. <laughs> yes. Anyway, what kind of a day have you had? You all right? Well, it's, the weather's changed for the worst. It it's has. raining now and it's windy and cold. I, quite, I went into Maystone um, to do a little bit of shopping, so I, but I, I managed to get a couple of quid off somebody so I could do a bit of shopping. All right. I like to get I like to get out, you see, in, in the fresh air. Yeah, and it's good to have a mission, isn't it, every day? Otherwise, you find yourself sitting yeah, in all the time. I, I've got a routine where I, I, I go out regularly the same time every day, so that's good. Right, OK. So tomorrow... Oh, you've got something to tell me. I have you? got something to tell you. I gave you a little that's ring earlier on because I'd had an email through from, you know, Helen Grant, the MP. Helen Grant, you had an email, yeah. Yeah, we've been talking to her and uh, Katie in her office has been taking a particular... Uh, role in sort, trying to sort things out for you. They're the ones yeah. that got you the advocate from uh, what they called Co- uh, Corps. Yeah. What they call? What's that organisation called? Not Corps. That'd be awful. Oh, the, uh, crop. Crop. <laughs> Don't crop. call it Corps yeah, for God's sake. <laughs> right. It so you've got that film Croft. Uh, Laura Croft. That Laura Croft. Unfortunately, it's a guy called Simon and not uh, Leggy Lovely in shorts. It's not the girl I fancy. <laughs> <laughs> so Simon's going to help you out with your bills. He's from C- yeah, yes, uh, Citizens' so he's Rights for Older People. To, he's coming on to a lady that's coming to see me. Right, and she's um, going to come see you. Right, so that's the bills. That, that's going to yeah, be sorted. The bills part, yes. Now, we were talking about food banks, weren't we? We were, we were yeah. Because the problem you're having is paying your bills and then not being left enough to um, feed yourself. Uh, yeah, and if you need, if you run out of money for food, there's nowhere to go, is there? Well, exactly. And also, if you start getting ill, then the, the whole game is up. Yeah. So, um, we were talking about food banks and we were discussing different ways to do it and we thought that you'd have to go to the GP or um, get a social Mm. worker referral. And the social workers are being a bit quiet with you at the moment, aren't they, Nigel? Yeah, yeah. So, Helen Grant is amazing. I'm going to say it, she's amazing. With all that's going on at the moment, she's taking the time and people in her office are taking the time to Mm. sort this out. They've got you a referral to the local food bank. Yes. So, what you need to do tomorrow is go along there. Do you know where it is? Mm. It's on the very... I think it's on Union Street, isn't it? No, it's on Knight Rider Street, which I think... Oh, Knight Rider Street. Do you know it? I'm not sure where that is. I think it's round the back of All Saints Church. Uh, do you know where that oh, is? Oh, yes, I know where it is. Yeah, I do know now. Yeah, I yeah? just remembered. Near the church. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so near the church, round the back of it. Oh, OK. So I think it is off Union Street. Yes. Mm. 
and it's called it's called the Day uh, Maidstone Day Centre. Yes, I know. I know where. It's... That's where you need to go. Go tomorrow. I think they close at half past one. Uh, but they were talking about you going to collect at like two o'clock this afternoon. But I don't want to send you there at two o'clock in case they no, closed. So no. why don't you get there for about one? Oh, uh, yes. All yes. right. And then um, let me know you get on. Any day, if, if I overslept, could it be another? Could it be the next day? It Does could it be. Have to be tomorrow. It could be, but they're expecting you. That's all, Nigel. Yeah. Yes. So you don't want to leave it too long in case there's a change of... I'm guessing it's volunteers. The staff might know your name no, now. I don't actually need any money. I, I get... Oh, hang on. Come, go back to where you were, Nigel, because you're cutting out. No, I mean, I haven't, I'm getting some money tomorrow to buy the food I want anyway. OK. But I can, I can still go along there and see what... what... What, what's going? Yeah, definitely. Go. And have a word with them about the situation. It may be that they but want to give you, give you something mm. anyway, but it may be that you, you just hang on until next okay? week. Is Ian OK? Yeah, he's fine. He's on his holidays with his boys. Um, but the thing is, the weather, if it's really heavy rain, it'll be, it's a long way to go if it's really pouring hard, but I hope it's not. So. Well, OK. Well, it, we'll see how it goes. Um, I don't know what the um, I'll fo- do what I, I'll do what I can do tomorrow. anyway. I'll do my best. Well, you know where they are. I think they're open till half past one uh, every day, every yes. weekday. So... Uh, I'm just changing ears to see if it's... Is that any clearer? Not really. Might be clearer for you. Um, Um, What I would suggest is... Can you hear me okay? I can hear you beautifully. What I would suggest, Nigel, is that you go Mm. this week, about one o'clock-ish. If you can go a bit earlier, so much the better. Yeah. What day is it tomorrow? It's Wednesday. Wednesday tomorrow. Wednesday. Just show your face so they know who you are and they can put a name to mm. you because they're expecting you and you don't want the trail yeah. to go cold and they fi- for them no. to forget, all right? You don't, need a, you don't need a ticket, you just have to mention your name. You've been referred by Helen Grant, MP. Right, OK. All right. All right in yeah, in sure. any doubt, have a word with um, Katie in, the, in Helen Grant's office. Yeah, if I send this line, don't, that won't give me anything. I'll put it back to I Katie. Da- I doubt that will happen, but Katie's the one that... Okay. She's the one that rang me. She, in fact, she was trying to ring you earlier today, yeah. about 11 o'clock, but I think your phone was off. Well, I think I had it switched off, turned off. Yeah. By mistake, I usually leave it on. Okay. Well, maybe give, her a, give her a ring yeah. if you're not sure tomorrow See and see what the score is okay. with Katie. All right, Nigel. Um, can I do this song then? It won't make much noise. It's, of course uh, you can. Of course you can. Get back. And I've got the backing for it. it it's just a take that it's If it's the get back, tomorrow. I know it will make some noise. Let's hear it. Is Ian back tomorrow? Though? No, okay. he's not back yeah. till Monday. No, oh, so you've got the whole week on your own then. I have. It's going to be bliss. I'll tell you, I was watching Fast and Furious. That's a great film, isn't it? I don't know. Is that Cars? It's, no, it's the one with, yeah, it's the one with the rock in this time. The, you know, the big guy, the rock. Okay, well, yeah, I know The Rock, but I haven't you seen follow, that film. Do you, you follow the bodybuilders much? Well, no, not really, no. You're not really keen, keen on I have a passing interest like any other red-blooded mm. female, Nigel, mm. but I can't say I've got posters, no. Well, he is the biggest in the world, isn't he, that, The Rock? He certainly is. Yeah. Here we go, then. Um, you, can, you should be able to hear it clearly. Here we go. Here we go. It's going to be like uh, that concert on the rooftop, except with banging on the walls, probably. Jojo was a man who thought he was a woman, but he was another man. Oh, the girls around it say he's got it coming, but they get it for his hand. Get back, get back, get back to where you once belonged. Get back. in the country doesn't get know the tune to this. Get back to where you want to belong. Jojo was a man who thought... Oh, I thought it was... 
It's all right. Just do it again. No one's noticed, Nigel. We do it to Martin. But she was a woman, but she was another man. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye to where you once belong. Goodbye. Goodbye. Get back to where you once belong. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> get back, get back, get back to where you once belong. We saw Retta Martin, thought she was a woman, but she was another man. He likes that lyric, doesn't he? All the girls around him take... Hello? Yep. Keep going, Nigel. Right. You're still on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> goodbye. Goodbye. Get back to where you want to belong. Goodbye. Goodbye. Get back to where you want to belong. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get back to where you once belong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get back to where you once belong. Get back, get back, get back to where you once belong. Yeah, get back, get back, get back to where you once belong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just when you thought it was over. <laughs> Did you hear it? I heard it all. Wow, that was that was something special. I've never heard it sung like that before. My throat's gone a bit sore, but, but I heard that um, that, that that funny throat sound, didn't I? <laughs> funny throat. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It needs to be a bit rock and roll and raspy. <laughs> the whole <horsey> voice. <laughs> you did a good job. Thanks, Nigel. Thanks. I need to practice a bit more. I think. Always. Oh, okay, wasn't you did hear it quite clearly then? Oh, quite crystal, clearly. crystal. But thank you, Kev. Uh, I'll do my best tomorrow. All thank right. you. Bye. Let me know you get on. Night, Nigel. Yeah, I will. I'll ring you tomorrow night. <laughs> bye, bye. Bye, bye. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you want to give me a ring, you can uh, talk about whatever you want. Really, I was going to tell you about. Uh, well, I hinted at it earlier on this morning. I went for um, for a procedure that kind of uh, left me. Um, restored to factory settings let's just say and it wasn't done in the most dignified fashion but it was flipping hilarious and so I think that you know when embarrassing stuff happens in life there's only one thing there's only one response to it and that is to share it isn't it and have a good old laugh about it so I will tell you all about that after the other side of the news but it's not about me this show it's about you if you want to give me a ring I'd really appreciate it my number is 0344 499 you can text uh, 87222 but put talk at the beginning of your message or you can tweet me at Talk Radio or at Flipping Cath. But the phone number is the best, 0344-499-1000. Lots of good responses to Nigel's Beatles sing-along. I mean, Flipping Cath, I think we've uncorked a genie there. I mean, from the old standards to the modern dizzy heights of the Beatles. What next? It's going to blow his mind when we introduce the Spice Girls, isn't it? 0344-499-1000. You're listening to Talk Radio. I'm Catherine Boyle. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. You never know just where the conversation will take you on Talk Radio.
Well, it took a while this morning, but a vital connection was eventually made and uh, it was uh, it was an experience I'm going to share with you now. If you're a woman of childbearing age, you've been here. Maybe not quite the same place I was, but you kind of know the drill. <laughs> if you're a man, you're about to be educated. So... I had my, uh, they call it they call it a cervical uh, screening now because smear test sounds too disgusting. And frankly, when I first got a letter through asking me to go for a smear, I thought it was something involving, I don't know, a wet wipe. It's not, it's not, <laughs> it's not. It's a little bit more intrusive than that. Anyway, so uh, where I go is a place where I pretty much grew up. You know, I um, moved down south when I was 10. So, and I've lived in sort of the same sort of area ever since. And so I know quite a lot of people, like either they're uh, someone I went to school with or they know someone I went to school with. And, you know, it's quite a small community where if you don't know them directly, you know of them, right? So I've been to this um, surgery before, obviously. You have to go every three years. And the last couple of times uh, I've had the same nurse. And she's someone who is uh, married to someone my husband played cricket with years ago. So it's kind of distant, but I recognise the face and she will obviously recognise my face and also a very intimate part of me by now. And I remember the first time I went in there and we recognised it, so she went, it's just me here, is that all right? And I thought, well, I'm here now. And, you know, you kind of psych yourself up to going for these things. Blokes, I'm sure you get the same thing when you get the fickle finger of fate, right? You, you, if, you if you get your foot through the door, you don't want to leave without having it done because you don't want to go through that thing again, right? So, I was kind of braced for her being there and she was and there was also someone else there and it was a student nurse who was obviously being shown, I would say the ropes, but that would be detrimental to my precious flower. <laughs> so anyway... She said to me, do you mind if I watch? And in fact, what she was doing was she was participating and, and the, the woman I vaguely knew was going to watch, right? So, hence the phone entitled, do you mind if I watch, right? And if you've ever been a medical miracle or a medical curiosity or you've been in a situation where someone has wanted to observe you for whatever reason, this is this is your time, 03444991000. Again, once you're in that situation, you just want it over with. And actually, I don't mind that much. As my uh, seven-year-old daughter said to me when I vaguely discussed it, I didn't tell her the whole thing about it, but I said I was going for them to have a look at my privates. She said, they haven't really been private since you had all had they, mum. And it's kind of true. <laughs> so 
you know, I was trying to be grown up about it. And I said, no, of course, I don't mind. Uh, so they leave you alone to take your trousers off and sit on the most uncomfortable couch in the world and um, cover yourself with a bit of paper and uh, lie back and try and go to your happy place. So in they come, me lying there like a very cold Winnie the Pooh down below. <laughs> and, um, and uh, yeah, they get the big torch out. <laughs> And uh, so the student nurse is the one actually conducting the procedure and the other one was talking her through it. And to be fair to the person who was talking her through it, she did keep saying, are you all right up there? And I, to which I would reply, yes. <laughs> but then by the end, I was laughing my head off because, I mean, she couldn't find it, even though her face was in it. She couldn't find it. Apparently it moves about in the course of... I mean, I learned an awful lot about it because I think I could probably do one from listening to the commentary, to be honest. It wasn't that muffled. Um... And uh, so she couldn't find it and then she finally found it and then the speculum was going in and out and I was thinking, at least buy me a drink first before we get to this kind of activity. But it happened in the end. And, you know, everyone's got to learn. I just kind of wish she hadn't learned on my family. Um, but, you know, so those moments where, do you mind if I watch, they usually lead to hilarious consequences. And the stories I hear are always, do you mind if I watch dot, 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 and it's like your hemorrhoid operation or your baby being born and you end up with, you know, a class full there. So 0344 499 1000, tell me I'm not on my own. Well, I wasn't this morning. There was three of us in there. There wasn't room for anyone else. If it's happened to you, I want to hear about it. 0344 499 1000. The phone lines are completely free. So, And you know it's just you and me. So confide. I want to hear all about it. Uh, what else can we talk about? I've got loads. Oh, we were talking about that uh, charmer earlier on, talking about why you wouldn't date a single mum. And frankly, it doesn't deserve one. Um, doesn't deserve one at all. It may be that you are sitting on a gold mine, and I'm not talking about what happened to me this morning, although it would explain the discomfort. Child's Play, the common children's books that are worth thousands, right? And if you're anything like our house, we've got loads and loads of those sort of picture books, the Julia Donaldson ones and stuff, and they get read and loved and then sort of stashed in a corner and not looked at from one year to the next. It may be that you're talking about that that is a an absolute fortune you're sitting on every family has a collection of old children's classics most likely gathering dust in the attic says the sun however before you flog them for mere pennies at a car boot sale you might want to double check because some could be worth as much as twelve thousand pounds antiques expert david harper has revealed the surprising children's titles that could fetch thousands at auction the priciest he mentioned was The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Everyone's got that, but you've got that next door. The Very Hungry Caterpillar, with an original 1969 edition worth up to £12,085, as long as it's in mint condition. It's never going to be in mint condition. It's probably got a bite mark taken out of the middle of it. Uh, an original copy of the popular 1963 Morris Sendak classic, Where the Wild Things Are, which is a weird book, but kids love it, don't they? could fetch you a healthy sum of £5,090, a 200% increase from its worth in 2004, where it was £1,540. That's an original. That's got to be a first edition. The least valuable was the little engine that could, with a 1930s edition expected to fetch just £130 at auction. I bought that for my kids because I looked at like popular books from America. I don't think it's as big in this country, is it, the little engine that could? But it's a big deal over there. Um, but, I mean, God, these books. Um, however, David Harper, who conducted the research... Hang on a minute. 
David Harper, conducting the research in collaboration with Home Project Insurance, oh, there we go, warns the book should be in pretty good nick to fetch the top prices. He told Mail Online, most 20th century books also need to have their original dust jacket to be of collectible value. My kids shed those straight away, those dust jackets. Michael Haley, director and head of books and manuscripts at Bonhams, previously told The Sun that first editions or a, first, a full set of volumes can command the highest prices, as well as those that were manufactured as a one-off. Oh, I see a picture of the tiger that came to tea. That's a big one in our house. Although that was a very fishy story, don't you think? The tiger that came to tea. So we're supposed to believe, as the husband coming home at the end of the long day, that uh, a tiger's been in and drunk all your beer and drunk all the water out of the tap and eaten all the cakes and drunk all the tea. Yeah, of course. The wife has been having a, a right old party is what's happened and she's covered it up with the most... You know, if you're going to lie, lie big. If the book is damaged in any way, such as a battered spine or missing a title page, the value will decrease. He added, searching your bookshelves for treasures can feel like looking for a needle in a haystack. But in every auction, we have sellers who are stunned by how much their old books make. Elsewhere, a Harry Potter book with misspellings and personal notes had fetched £68,000 at auction. £68,000 and someone scribbled in it. So, yeah, have a look in your books. But, I mean, I think you'd know if you had a first edition of any of these books, wouldn't you? Flipping out, though. I mean, who would have thought, though, that that Harry Potter thing would have taken off the way it did? Because for me, when it first came out, I thought, well, this sounds a lot like The Worst Witch. In fact, it sounds so much like The Worst Witch, it's pretty much The Worst Witch. Did you ever read that? But there we go. 0344 Uh Becky, thanks for your message. It says, thanks very much for talking about this. The cervical screening programme is pretty much the best for benefits of the individual. If all eligible women attended, it could prevent 80% uh, percent of cervical cancer. Uh, and the HPV vaccine is key too. Yeah, do you know what? We all we all kind of know this, and we're taught this from from being teenagers. But there are loads of women that don't go, and I don't. I can see why. I can totally see why. And it's kind of bound up with um, the fact that a lot of us have been brought up to be uh, ashamed of our privates, and you know, especially now where there are so many kind of lotions and potions designed to apparently make it less offensive that, you know, you'd be forgiven for thinking it wasn't just a purely normal bodily part that, as long as you keep it clean, will do its job and has been doing it pretty much since the dawn of time. Uh, but apparently it needs lotions and potions. It's, it's terrible. But it also leads to women not wanting to get checked out because because they're ashamed of their bodies. I think it's awful. But, you know, they're also older women. And I was uh, speaking to someone on Twitter earlier today who said that even though, you know, she and her sisters are trying to convince her mum to go and have been trying to convince their mum, and we're talking someone who's, you know, who's an older person, she won't go. She's just too... She's too frightened to go, I guess. And it's an easy thing to do, isn't it? You get your letter through and it's, you know, that sort of soul-sinking moment where you think, oh, another three years has gone and it's my time to do this. And you have to actively pick up the phone and make the appointment. But, you know, it could save your life. It could save your life and you only have to look around. There is someone you will know who didn't go in time or who did go in time and was treated. And there were great stories about people, you know, being treated with, with enough time to go. And a lot of women who just go as a matter of course and never talk about it because it's kind of embarrassing. But, you know, if you get your letter through, please do give it serious thought because it, it could save your life. There you go. Lecture over. When I got my letter this time around, I found it really interesting. They sent um, a leaflet through as well to sort of try and convince me to go, saying you don't have to, it's not obligatory, but you might want to read this. 
And I guess if it's the nudge that women need to go and, and, and take care of that, then it's got to be a good thing. 0344 499 1000. So have you ever been in that position where, not that position, or although it might have been that position, if you've been in the position where uh, you're about to have something done and uh, they bring in a student, 0344 499 1000. We can also talk about that thing of uh, you didn't correct someone when it came to your name and now it's too late. Um, I, had a, I had a really good one of those earlier on from Jenna who said that the um, thanks for this by the way Jenna tweeted me saying that uh, the cleaner at work has been calling her Becky here it is for two years um, and it's gone on too long friends have tried to correct her but she's not having any of it <laughs> and also Paul who says that people call him Phil because his surname's Philbert's uh, and it goes to the point where it's it's too late to correct them. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Thank you very much to everyone who gives us a ring. I'd love that. Thanks also if, if you send me a tweet like Jimmy just has. Thank you very much for that. Um, I'm at Flipping Cath or at Talk Radio. Jimmy says I always argue with my girlfriend to get checked out down below and to check her breasts. Um, hang on a minute, and then we're changing to tack, and that's fine. Uh, the best kids book has to be by Sean Locke. The tiger went for a pint. Or Cyril the Screw, they're on YouTube. Ah, Jimmy, I'm not convinced they're suitable for kids, but I'll certainly check those out. Get in touch. This is your show. We can talk about what I've laid out there, but you know that you can talk about whatever you want to. Come, uh, offload about your day. It's Tuesday. The week is young. For some of you, it's already you're already over it. <laughs> Just give me a shout and we can talk about whatever you like. 0344 499 1000. You're listening to Talk Radio and I'm Catherine Boyle. Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable and the completely unorthodox. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. Oh, he had a velvety voice, didn't he? Thanks very much for this uh, anonymous message, but um, you could probably tell by the way he uses his walk. I once had four students walking on me having my piles checked. I felt a little bit embarrassed as my full arse was exposed in front of all these people. It was just like being back at school again. Well, what a delightful story. And we also find out a lot more about you than we needed to. Hey, Cleo. You all right, missus? How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. Nice to hear your voice. Not heard you for a while. Yeah, I'm not as frequent as I used to be. I've just I've had a bit of depression and stuff. Oh, but, uh... no. Ah, sorry, sorry. Anyhow, names. Obviously, you've just called us Cleo. Yes. Because I'm called Lane. Um... But I've always hated that name. Why? It's it's an um, it's an unusual name. It's a strong name. Mm, it's also a very silly name. It's, it's just basically it's a thoroughfare. <laughs> it's, it's not a it's not an actual name. So as a kid, could have been worse. You could have been called a sack. I lived in work last time. Everyone's either called Steve, Dave, John, Lee, but not no lanes. Um, and already, like I'm already like a three foot little midget, so I, I, I stand out. Yeah, anyway. you didn't need any more signifiers. I just did not need any more attraction. <laughs> but um, did you did you learn to love it, or is it still something you wish you could shrug off? Well, here's the thing. I think I've, it's, it's weird. I've, I've evolved. I've gone through a number of stages where I've accepted it and then shrugged off again. It's quite weird, I don't know. Yeah. But when I was a very young kid, we lived in a shopping centre. And when I was very, very small. And we were the only family there who lived there. The rest were all like single people in the flats. Mm-hmm. So when people used to come and do the shopping and stuff, they all knew us because I was running around. I was a little rug rat, mooching around the place and kicking balls off walls and all that stuff. And also, all the shop owners knew us. And there was one day... 
the old news is little lame, obviously, because I'm lame and I'm little. Mm-hmm. But there was one day after hearing my mum talking for a while, that she gone to the doctors this day. And I went to get in some sweets from the shop. And I went into the shop and I went, You alright, son? I was a gunning. I was like, Class, how's your mum? And I went, She's gone for a scrape. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> and yet, do you know what? It, it is a bit like that. Because <laughs> I'm like, She's gone for a scrape. God. I've heard the world's words to me. It hurts like talking to our mates about going in. And, <laughs> and I was like, So I just thought, But it's like, the thing is, this was in a shop full. Like, the whole place just erupted. It was screaming, laughing. And I was like, <laughs> I just went, she's gone in for a scrape. <laughs> I didn't think there was anything. I didn't even know what it meant. Well, you were spot on. So I didn't know there was anything uh, untoward in the old uh, <laughs> lady <laughs> hold apartment. Yeah, poor mum. Jeez. <laughs> she went down my neck. Oh, God. Absolutely down my neck. But, yeah, so I got sick of my name at school and stuff. And so I, I turned into Huey. And his second name is Hewitt. Oh, right, okay. So I became Huey. And Huey got jobs. He made a living. Then he became a soul singer and a band. And uh, it was weird that it's like I've always been sort of two people. I've been lame to family and friends and the old school kid who yeah. you was. Yeah. But Huey to everybody else. In some ways, it's useful, isn't it? Because you know exactly where you know people from as soon as yeah. they call you by one of those names. And then I've come here and I'm Cleo because of Ian. You are Cleo. You're Cleo yeah. to us. <laughs> but it's, it's just, it's weird how names sort of, uh, they don't really, they're, they're malleable, I think. Yeah. Like everybody gets everybody gets nicknames, but I've sort of used that. I've used them to sort of separate not so much eras in my life, but maybe groups of people. Yeah, exactly. Just, yeah. Which one is the most you, do you think? I, well, I have to say Elaine. Because even though, see, when I was Huey, I was, um, I could, I used to be sort of like in Sunderland and Newcastle and stuff. I was sort of semi-famous for being in the band, being a front man and being looking like I do. Mm-hmm. All that combined and having such a stupid name. Uh, so, but that's... I'm, I've turned back into Lane because I'm not mobile and stuff. Yeah. And every now and again I think, ooh, I wish I was still so sweet. You know what I mean? Just partying and getting <laughs> lashed and being hedonistic and doing gigs and having like people adore us for like 10 minutes and stuff. Yeah. Do you still but sing? Do you still sing? To myself. And I occasionally record stuff. But um, it's difficult because if you're not gigging, um, you don't really want to sing. It's just it's weird. You... Yeah. I'm keep trying. I'm keep saying, oh, you've got lots to write about. Write some music, but you can't really because you've got to sort of live. You've got to get hurt. You've got to. You've got to have someone dump you or something crap happen in your life. And but at the moment, I'm sort of flatlined, and there's nothing really. There's not a great deal to write about. No, but you know what? From what you're saying, and having I've been in a bit of a. A depressive slump is what I'm getting from you. Then, yeah. Then flat. Then flat is better. Well, sort of. But at least when you're, but see, when you're up and down, you that roller coaster. I think I think it's why artists are usually a bit mad. The sort of. Well, I don't know whether that's always true, but I think that a lot of people over the years have learned to channel 
unmanageable yeah. emotions into something productive? Aye. I've always felt the need to have people listen to what I've got to say but not really know what it is I'm saying myself. So yeah. it's, it's kind of weird. It's, it's odd. Yeah. But, were you, um, but were you, um, apart from when you were in the band, what were you like as a kid at school? Did you have a lot of friends or were you... I got bullied, basically. Yeah. I had a hard brother. Right. My brother was rock hard. One of the hardest lads in the scene. So, as a result, people used to pick fights with me so my brother could be after them. There was a sort of thrill, thrill in the chase. Wow, you know ma- I mean? actual masochists. <laughs> yes. So, um, oh, oh, yes. Mine in town, what? Hmm. Um, but I was like with everybody else. I sort, I sort of like entertained people, right? Just sort of wouldn't pick on us. So I was like funny. I did stupid voices. And uh, that. I get yeah that that defence mechanism. And... Yeah, that, that, that yeah, was me yeah, too. Yeah, 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 that yeah, was yeah, me I was, too. I was, I was the performer, but I would never get on a stage. That's another thing as well. I used to love drama, but every time a production came about, I was like, nah. I mean, drama teacher used to go ballistic. <laughs> Because I wouldn't play certain parts, I wouldn't go on a stage, basically. But then you were capable of doing it. In a band, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it was just the... I don't know. Maybe just getting stuff in your chest. Yeah, so all, but... my lyrics, all my lyrics were sort of um, life-informed, you know? So it was like sort of a, a, a form of therapy, I think. I've got you. And also, if you're in a band, you're not on your own. You're there with your mates. It's not like you're... Exactly. You don't feel as exposed, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's just... It's crazy. But yeah, names... It's weird how the sort of various nicknames are very... See, I used to work in telesales, and that was horrendous, being called Lane. Every call went like this, right? <laughs> Good afternoon, my name's Lane, how can I help? No. No. No, Lane. No, Lane, like country lane or fast lane. <laughs> right. Fast lane. Yeah. <laughs> and then... But it got, it got back repetitive... Whatever, if it was dead on the lines and I got a call, whoever was sat next to us would, would have mouthed me doing the same stuff. I bet, I, I bet. that much. Were they calling you Wayne and stuff? Oh, everything. Ian. Uh, Leanne. Leanne? I'm like, what sort of, what, what? I'm like, oh, hey, can you hear me voice? <laughs> but, um, Liam. They all thought I was Irish and called Liam. Liam, yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm a northerner when I'm called Liam. But, um, yeah, it's... It's queer. It's a strange. Well, it's a strange name, mm-hmm. but it's like totally out of the blue. Nobody in our the whole family's got a, a strange name like me. Where did she get it from? Really bad actor, Lena Smith. He's not a bad actor, but he's not like a he's not a massive megastar. He was in Superman: The New Adventures of. Let's have a look. Lane Smith. Yeah, and he's in. Oh, yeah, in, uh... Walter Lane Smith. He's in My Cousin Vinny as well. He plays the... Yeah, you'd... Re- I've just looked him up. I, I didn't know him yeah. by name, but you'd recognise the face. Just because my mum said. I think I, what it was, I think my dad was so insistent on me being named after him because he was Thomas William Hewitt. His dad was Thomas William Hewitt. His dad was Thomas William Hewitt. And my mum was just like, nah, we're not having another Thomas William Hewitt. Hmm. So I got called Lane Thomas Hewitt. So oh. they kept the Thomas in there. Yeah, it was a variation on a theme, but still. <laughs> yes. So my mum was just going, oh, sod it. Let's just get me a stupid name just to shut you up. <laughs> and I got Lane. So, like, she loved it. And it just became, like, a... Certain periods of school became, like, a cool thing. Yeah. But a lot of the time... See, like, I used to... It was cool with the teachers. 
The teachers used to call us like variations. They were like uh, back alley. My God, really? Back alley of all the things? Penny lane, puddle lane, memory lane. I've got all these lanes and gable end. That's because of his size and my name. I used to get students. (laughs) We had some warped teachers. But, um, I so it's weird names are sort of been a periodical sort of. Yeah. They've adapted, they've changed me. And every now and again, I'll say, right, everybody just call us Lane from now on, or every now and again, I'll go, right, everybody just call us you. I I change it often. It's 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 almost like you kind of assume a character to fit where you are in your life. Sort of. Sort of, yeah. I get it. I get it. It's quite odd. It's nice to hear your voice again, Cleo. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's always (laughs) nice to hear you. (laughs) I'll speak to you again soon, yeah? Tappy, bye. Bye. (laughs) That's Lane, although we call him Cleo. Because of Cleo Lane, hilariously. Hey, Marcus. Hello. Hello, thanks for ringing. What are you up to? That's okay. I've just actually finished uh, my band rehearsal and I'll just put the radio on. And it was as if that guy was describing me. It was the weirdest thing. Go on. Every single thing he said was exactly the same as me. I have a half brother. I used to work in tele sales. People used to call me all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And I used to just deal with it with like the same methods. So, like, just kind of wanted to bring in and just be like, "Hey, you're not, you're not alone, really." It turns out, no. So, uh, when you're in your band, are you as yourself, or have you got a cool nickname? No, I am just myself. I, I used to go by all these names because I kind of want to, didn't want to be myself, but yeah, I've learned through time that you know, screw what they say. Yeah. Who cares? Do you think it's a teenage thing, particularly with boys? I, I can't really think of a lot of girls I went to school with who had nicknames, but virtually all the lads in the gang I used to knock about with had different names, and and actually, yeah. they still have. And then you meet their grown-up friends, and you realise, oh, it's only us still calling them those names. Yeah, you just add an O onto the end for men, basically, like Benno or Jono or something. You have to be all masculine. It's just very weird. But, yeah, I just kind of wanted to ring up to just say, like, look, be weird, be different, be cool, you know, Yeah, do what you want. but it takes a while for you to get into that, doesn't it? I think you get to a certain age where you go, ah, do you know what? I don't have to be like everyone else. And, in fact, no one really conforms. You kind of, you, You think you're standing on the outside looking in, but everyone feels like that. Yeah, it does. And the more you kind of break out and be more yourself, the more you see that everyone else is copying each other and just doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, frightened. When you're a kid, frightened to wear different kind of trainers, frightened that your top that your mum picked out is too, I don't know, too something, and your friends won't approve of it. But actually, they're all having the same thing. They're all having the same wrestling um, matches in their mind as you're having. Yeah, it's all about the ego and stuff and yeah. it kind of look as cool as possible yeah without standing yeah. out too much right yeah definitely don't stand out too much so how's your, you do. how's your band going it's going well actually we've just um we've just come off as uh, bbc radio one track of the week beautiful <clears throat> as the introducing artist um so that was really good and we had some good response from that uh-huh. and how does that um, feel because it's quite different isn't it sort of rehearsing something by yourself and then when you actually see not only you know because you can you can i imagine that you can you rock a room right and it, and it feels good but when you get that kind of um feedback from from someone like radio one that's got to feel amazing yeah it's great like we obviously we write these songs and then we kind of go through them with each other and think, like, is this good? And then we'll make some modifications. And then a few weeks or months will pass and it'll be like, right, okay, we're happy with it. So then we record it. 
and then we sit on it for a few months kind of listen to it make sure it's definitely okay yeah and then then we start playing it live so we have to make sure it's ready for the live scene and then by the time this process is over it's been a year since yeah. we've written this song are you bored of it and then it well, that's the thing. It then goes on Spotify and iTunes and BBC and, and everyone's like, wow, this is a new song. This is great. And it's kind of strange because you feel like you should be more like, yeah, but we've we've written other songs since then that we're more, you know, it's, it's a strange thing, actually. But um, it, yeah, it's definitely really nice to have uh, people messaging us like, less and less people we know as well like it's just random strangers now so it's yeah. like oh cool because I imagine it starts off with like a local crowd and you recognise yeah, faces mom, and names <laughs> right very local yeah incredibly <laughs> so yeah it just it's, it's a good feeling though do you know do you always know when you found that song or do you have disagreements yeah like we'll be in the room and usually within about 10 seconds we'll know if we like something or not because somebody will either kind of stop or if if you find yourself jamming for like five minutes, it's like okay, there's something here, and then you've just got to trim it down because I don't think people have got the patience for five five minutes. And how many of you are there in the band? There's four of us. Four, right? And and are there two that do the lion's share of the sing the songwriting, or are you all in it together? We are all a hundred percent in it together, and I couldn't say that one person has written a whole song by cool. themselves there's always some involvement from someone else and it's usually we'll be onto something good and then somebody will chip in with another piece or something and it, it's it, you kind of think oh yeah and then you bounce off each other and it just keeps it's very exciting it sounds like it's still fun yeah definitely still fun it's very tiring I should be in bed but <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> thanks for ringing Marcus I appreciate it that's okay you're a good no one. worries there'll, be, there'll come thanks. a time where we won't take our calls anymore You'd be too famous to have to speak to your people. I'll still be calling in. <laughs> Under a different name, probably. I think I recognise yeah, that voice from somewhere. I'll go with Derek. <laughs> All right. All right, I'll look out There's for Derek. Heads up. <laughs> Thanks very much, Marcus. <laughs> Take care of yourself. Cheers. Bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. Give us a ring. 0344 499 1000. You can send me a, a text on 87222. Just put talk at the beginning of your message. Or you can tweet me at Talk Radio or at Flipping Calf. Do you know what? What we talk about is kind of down to you. I've got a few different things, but this show sort of has a life of its own, and, and that comes from the callers. So if you feel like getting something off your chest, something happened you want to have a laugh about, something you want to deconstruct, just just chew the fat. 0344 499 1000. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech radio with a difference. Talk radio. By the way, it's occurred to me that we didn't give chat its fate, um, its decent run out the other day, so um, I've got some uh, spooky stories for you later on. But I was going to tell you about um, last week when I was walking back. My routine in the morning goes like this. I wake up at stupid o'clock and can't work out whether I've been to sleep or not. Um, and then I realise I've got to take my seven-year-old to school. So what I normally do is um, I'll either um, stick my jeans on over the top of my pyjamas um, no, it's, there's no either or. I stick my jeans on over the top of my pyjamas and I might or might not put a jumper on over the top. It might, but the pyjama top may just suffice, right? Uh, I do brush my teeth. I don't stink when I get the, to the school. And I do brush my hair. But I am on a one-track mission to get that kid to school and to get back in bed without waking up too much. And in fact, my mates always kind of know when it's early on in the week... I'm quite talkative. The longer we go into the week, they know that I'm absolutely shattered, right? So, um, 
it was probably, what day was it last week? Probably about Thursday. I dropped my youngest off at school, walked back, like past the, I went to the shop and I try not to do that every day because that gets to be something, right? And you end up buying more than you want to. So nip into Tesco, back round, walk past my other daughter's school and as I'm walking up the hill, I see a kid in a school jumper, right? By this time it's ten past nine. So there's this boy in a school jumper and he's walking in the opposite direction from school. But not really walking, more kind of shambling, ambling, aimlessly. And then he sees me and he turns round, but half-heartedly, and starts walking kind of in the direction of school again. And I get further up the road and I look over my shoulder and I see that he's kind of turned round again and he's walking back up the path I'm thinking, that kid is, does not know whether to go to school or not, right? And f- your mum's sense kicks in and you think, right, that is not a fun time about to be had. That's someone who is not going to school for a reason in that there's something they're avoiding at school or maybe something's going on at home. But I would never forgive myself if something happened to this boy while he's, you know, his mum thinks he's at school and school have no idea that he's supposed to be going there. So, reader, I dobbed him in, right? which uh, my 14-year-old self will never forgive me, but, you know, as I said, I couldn't forgive myself if something had happened. So I rang the school. By this time, he's sort of generally, like, dragging his heels, but he's walking towards the school again. And I said, look, I've just seen one of your pupils. He's wearing a school jumper. I kind of gave him a description. And he looks like he may or may not come to school, but it's ten past nine. I thought you should know that he's, like, up the hill. Um, And they... uh, they said that they were going to like go out and find him and then 10 minutes later no not even 10 minutes later I, st- I carried on walking then I thought I'm going to make sure he goes to school like if we're going to assume the role of grass let's do it to its fullest so I thought I would just walk in the direction of school and make sure that he was heading that in, in that direction by that time he wasn't there it was that close to school to be honest that he'd probably already gone in by then and then I got a phone call from the school saying that um that he'd arrived and uh, thanking me for taking an interest and asking whether I had a child there at school, probably so they could mark it down as um, informants. <laughs> um, but thanking me for like taking an interest in this kid's welfare and that he was in school and he was going to be all right, which was nice to know. And it was a good touch of them to, to let me know because he would have been on my mind all day, I'm going to be honest. So it got me thinking about whether I'd ever bunked off school and I never did. I was never that kid. Um, apart from anything else my parents kind of ruled with a rod of iron and they would have known and my mum knew everyone in town and they, she would have been told before I'd even got the thought through the fully formed through my brain of not going to school but I do wonder whether um, whether you did if you ever bunked off or if you ever got found out for bunking off oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. we can talk about bunking off at school we can talk about bunking off from work I did bunk off from work once and I remember giving the excuse of having an earache and the next day I don't know whether it was psychosomatic or what had the most terrible earache so you know that's being brought up by a mum who kind of would always do the oh that's God paying you back for telling lies about it um so yeah did you ever bunk off oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. and would you have dobbed the kid in because I am thinking about it. Was I being a busybody or was it the right... I think it was the right thing to do, given the body language. Would I have done it if it was like three boys having a laugh and a joke? Don't know. It's like... Th- the kid was probably about 13, maybe 12. Would I? Maybe I'm too old to empathise now. I probably still would have dobbed him in, but 
I don't know. Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Anyway, now, also if you've ever been in a situation where you're in a compromising medical position and uh, someone says, "Do you mind if I watch?" Uh, and what was the other one we were talking about? Oh yeah, that's not my name. Maybe you were given a name, the wrong name, years ago, and it stuck, and now it's far too late. Give us a shout. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I've had a nice message through from Laura, right? Who says, "No one <clears throat> who's not from here." I've had a quick look and she, I think you're in Holland, right, Laura? Manages to get my full name correct the first time. I'm going to try. And the thing is, because you're on Twitter, no one's going to know if I get it wrong. But I'm guessing it's Laura Kempenier van Hofstraten. Maybe I should say a bit more like that. Um, That guy was in the news again, wasn't he? Did he get sacked? The guy who was massive underdogs. There you go. There's my football knowledge. And that's why I'll never be on Sky Sports. 0344-499-1000. Give me a shout. Uh, you can text uh, 87222 or you can tweet me. And if you don't, what we're going to do is go through to Chat It's Fate. And I've got a story here about Scary Mary, a woman who was haunted by a very unusual ghost. If you want to go there, we'll go there. Should we go there? Have we got a break first? We're going to go there, right? Okay, let me find some spooky music because I'm going to need some Atmos for this. Okay, just bear with me a second. By the way, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You can talk about um, my uh, talking points, but it's not it's not uh, compulsory. Also, you know, did I do the right thing grassing that kid up? Seriously, because I know I am a goody goody, and um, sometimes I need to lighten up. Um, let's find spooky music. That's what you're putting, isn't it? One hour of spooky music. Let's try that. I bet it's got an advert first. No. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay, now, if you're just drifting off to sleep, you're going to have the weirdest dreams, and I'm not sorry. If you want to make it stop, 03444991000. This is from Chat It's Fate, which I have to say is the finest publication on offer at the moment, and probably the best Christmas present I got was uh, Ian buying me the uh, subscription although now he tells me that it was a bit expensive for the year so I might only get six months I was haunted by a very unusual ghost this is Reet Payton her real name, 43 in case you were wondering, from Liverpool loading the paranormal investigation equipment into the back of the car I felt the hairs on the back of my neck stand on end I knew exactly what that meant. It's going to be a fantastic night, I grinned to my partner, Robert Kerwin. She calls him by his first and his second name. That's how specific this woman is, so she must be telling the truth. It was August 28, and Robert Kerwin and I, who run RAG, Paranormal Investigations, were he- no explanation of what RAG stands for, were heading to a ghost night we were holding at the Vernon Institute Community Centre in the pretty village of Sog Hall near Chester, Cheshire. Is it Sog Hall? Sowall? Sowall? Most of the present... You've all gone to sleep, I don't know why I'm bothering. Most of the present building was built in 1910, although some of it dates back much further. It was used as a hospital for injured soldiers during World War I. As soon as I walked through the doors of the Vernon Institute, a feeling of fear and sadness washed over me. I knew I was wasting my time because ghosts don't exist. No, that's not what it was. I knew at once I was picking up the emotions of an unhappy spirit. While Robert and our colleagues set up the equipment, I wandered alone in the two-storey building, picking up on several spirits, including children and young soldiers. It sounds like it was proper noisy there. 
When the guests arrived, we took them into one of the two halls in the building, a large room which was empty apart from curtains hanging at the window and pictures lying in the walls. So an empty room then with curtains and pictures. I turned off the lights, asked everyone to hold hands and make a circle with me in the middle, and then I carried out a blessing to protect everyone during the investigation. Suddenly, sharp pain stabbed at the right side of my head. Ow! I winced. And that's when I spotted the spirit of a young woman standing in the corner. She was facing me, staring straight at me. I just had time to register her brown hair, pretty face and the dirty white blouse she was wearing. Very judgy. It's not her fault it's dirty. She's been dead a while. A split second later, she disappeared. But even though I could no longer see her, I could feel her in the room, standing there and watching me. A guest started to feel upset, so I took her out of the room. After a few moments, she'd recovered. Let's go back to the others, I told her. As we were about to go back through the door, back into the hall, a spirit floated through the wall. It was the same pretty brown-haired young woman, this time wearing a dark, ragged hat, again judging the costume. I mean, flipping it. I feel really sick now, my guest groaned. My psychic sense told me that the spirit of the young woman was affecting the guest because the poor spirit was frightened of us. She felt threatened by our presence. And your judgment of her clothes? We don't mean you any harm, I gently told the spirit. We split into teams. I took my group into the other hall of the building. I could feel the spirit of the young woman following me. Out of nowhere, I suddenly felt the most, most peculiar sensation. I feel like I've got horns growing out of the side of my head. I know, you didn't see that one coming, did you? Oh, I blurted out to one of my guests, a lady called Sue. I love the, speci the specifics, Sue. Is there anything there? No, she laughed. Of course, when I put my hands to the right side of my head, there was no sign of any horns. But as we carried on with the investigation, I couldn't shake the feeling that hard, curved horns like a ram's were sprouting from there. I can still feel those bloody horns, I kept telling my guests while we carried out a seance. I bet she was a pig in nightmare. When the seance ended, we decided to have a break and someone switched the lights on. Reet, come here and look at this, one of the guests yelled. I hurried over to where the guest stood pointing to a picture hanging on the wall. You're not going to believe this, she told me. As I looked at the picture, which I definitely hadn't seen beforehand or looked up online before I did the investigation there... It was a drawing of an elderly lady with a white shawl around her shoulders. She looked perfectly ordinary, except that she had two curved horns coming out of the right side of her head. Oh my God, that's what I've been picking up on, I gasped. And I recognised the woman in the picture. She was the young spirit I'd been seeing, only in the picture she was decades older. I read the description below the drawing. It was a picture of a woman named Mary Davis who'd lived in the village in the 1600s. She was a midwife married to a farmer who died living her all alone as a widow. At the age of 28, she'd grown horns out the side of her head, earning her the name the Horned Lady of Soghall. Is it Soghall or Sowall? If you're from Chester and you're shouting at the radio, 03444991000. The horns shed several times but always grew back. A portrait of her was painted in 1668 when she was 72, and that painting is now in the British Museum. Visions played in my head like a film. In one, I saw people throwing rotting fruit at poor Mary in the street, screaming that she was a witch. In another, I watched Mary's mother locking her in the cottage because she was ashamed of her. I knew Mary was showing me scenes of her life. 
I was ugly, Mary whispered in my head, her voice cracking with desperation. Oh, I was ugly. People were scared of me and said I was the devil. My heart filled with pity for poor Mary, who'd spent most of her life shunned, feared and treated like a freak. You were beautiful, I told Mary firmly. So that was that sorted. Let's speak to Mary, uh, to Rosie, not Mary. Forgive me, Rosie. <laughs> Hi. Yes, a very, a very convincing mind. tale of of a, of a horny, horny woman. <laughs> yeah, not one I've heard before. No, no exactly. <laughs> you have to know where to look uh, for these things. How are you doing, Rosie? Uh, I'm right, yeah. Just uh, feeling rather guilty because I did bunk school, so obviously I'm not as goody-goody as you. You, madam, are an outrage. <laughs> Tell me about it. What did you do and was it worth it? Um, well, no, it was it was around the time my granddad died, um, unexpectedly to me, although my mum and dad kind of knew about it, but they didn't bother to let me know. So I kind of went off the rails a bit. Right. And just, um, well, my mum worked at a local church running a play group, so she used to leave just after me. So I'd just sort of go to school as if I was going to school, and then because my school was literally around the corner. And I just wait around the corner until my mum had gone, and then go back to the house with about three friends. Oh, and is that where the mayhem would ensue, or did you just sit watching the oh, telly? Oh yes, no, no, no. We would um, make silly phone calls. Oh, so we we'd just pick names out of the directory and phone people up and say things like, "Is that the hearing aid centre?" And they'd say, uh, "No, I'm afraid you've got the wrong number." And we'd just go, "Pardon." <laughs> Over and over and over. A classic. <laughs> yeah, it was quite good. Or we'd phone up and um, pretend that the person had booked their dog into our our dog shelter, and then have her, everyone else would be making like barking noises and um, dogs being sick. <laughs> The thing is, right, now that no one really uses landlines and you can email businesses and stuff, that that art is kind of gone, hasn't it? I know. Yeah, that's a sad pastime lost (laughs) to generations. Although people try try it on here sometimes, but, um, yeah, they're they're, they're out of practice. (laughs) You're you're in my generation with the last of the the greats, I think, with that kind of stuff. Yeah, that is true, actually, yeah. I guess there was the knockdown ginger and the throwing crab apples at people's windows while you sail down the road on your bike. Yeah. Now what have they got? Online porn, Tinder. <laughs> Bumble. Exactly. There were such innocent pursuits back then, Rosie, although we felt terribly rebellious. Or uh, you did, rather, because I never rebelled. Not really, not Definitely like that anyway. No. Hey, Rosie, I've got to go because I've got to get the news. Oh, OK. Well, nice to see you the other day. And, um, yeah, have a good week. All right, you too. And I'll um Bye. I'll get you to listen again as long as you're not bonking off. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Thanks for all your text messages and your tweets. I'll read some of those the other side of this. The late night alternative with Catherine Boyle. You never know just where the conversation will take you on Talk Radio.
song is like filthy but i love it it's so good um james and uh laid although that and kind of sit down was the only ones for me i didn't really hold with much of the other output not that you care i'm never going to get a job on top of the pops with that kind of chat hey sally you must be psychic by the way am i yeah because i was about to read out something that i happened upon today while i was thinking about the conversation we had last night yeah did you see it no, what? what is, was it? This BBC News article, Is Autism Being Missed Among Women and Girls? Oh, right. No, I didn't see that. I'll have to have a look. It's really, really interesting. Uh, it says, yeah. Lots of autistic girls and women come across as very quiet, shy and introverted, says yeah. Alice Rowe, a UK author and entrepreneur who was diagnosed herself a few uh, week- years ago. Those quiet girls and their problems can be invisible to other people. And she wasn't yeah. diagnosed until she was 22. Oh, God. Do you know what I mean? This yeah, is, this yeah. It's... it's um... Yeah, uh, when I was learning about it and everything, you know, they yeah they were saying that you know it doesn't usually show until sort of teens, and um, they said one of the ways you can sort of um, a telltale sign is is that they keep hold of toys that are not age appropriate. You know, they'll keep hold of my my daughter went through a stage of loving My Little Pony, right, and she loved it right up until the age of sort of 12 13 you know she had all the cuddly toys and but that's a tricky one because my little ponies is cool right you get loads of grown-ups that like my little ponies yeah exactly so we were like you know well is 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 that what it is but even uh she keep dolls and things like that that were just sort of and that was one of the like triggers in our heads that were like oh is she autistic but yeah it's um yeah it's 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 weird how it, it doesn't seem to show until they're a lot older and it, it, I don't know maybe it's put down to hormones of becoming teenagers yeah. and, well that's yeah. what someone um, wrote to me earlier on in the day and they put it sort of put it in a ham-fisted way but they said oh it was kind of consigned to the women's problems folder um, <laughs> but yeah this, this article because I was trying to work out why it would be um, mm. that, that girls were being missed and I guess it is that thing of being quiet and resigned not resigned yeah. uh, withdrawn yeah, it's just put down to being... Being a, a girl. girl. Yeah, be, yeah, being a girl. You know, being girls don't girl. tend to put themselves forward as much as boys in, in mixed classes, for example, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, um... Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to have a look at that. Oh, yeah, I tweeted yeah. it earlier on, but I'll retweet it so you can have a look. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, um, interesting things about autism and about, you know, um, how they... Um, Oh, I'm trying, I can't think of the right word. <laughs> um, how you can tell and things like that. Mm. So, yeah, I'll have a look at that. But I imagine it also can disguise itself as other things. You know, whenever we talk about this, we're talking generalities, and there are so many different sort of manifestations of mm. of autism, aren't there? Some people um, some people have... Uh, Giselle's ringing me up now because she, she'll know about what's going on with her. But yeah. d- different manifestations. I was I was going to say different severities of it, but it's not even that, is it? It's like varieties mm. almost. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that the moment it's been... My daughter, is, is she depressed or is it autism? Yeah. It could be um, both. It, exactly, it could be both. We know, you know, um, I mean, she's having panic attacks and things like that, so there's oh, a lot of anxiety, but is that, you know, is that due to the autism and and things like that so um and also yeah, how old is she she's a teenage girl she's 14 there yeah, you go god so, yeah exactly <laughs> i don't think i was i don't think i was nice to my mum probably between mm. the ages of 12 to i'm gonna say about 22 was when i got normal yeah. again it's normal no well, I, me and my mum, well, I, my relationship with my mum is... Well, it's complicated. It's, yeah, so we, we never really sort of got on until about, about two years ago. So, yeah. So, yeah. How's she but, going? Because um, uh, she was doing really well with the AA yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, she's she, she's good. Um, she's um, She did her first, I don't know what they call it, but she hasn't actually sort of sat... Uh, they do like a 30-minute a where you sit down and you talk about yourself. Yeah. She they call it a sh- they call it a share. Yeah, and um, she she did that the other day, so she was really happy with herself. Brilliant. Um, but she's made lots of friends. She's the tea lady at AA, um, so um, she's always making the teas and things like that. And she's made some really good friends, and she's got a sponsor, and yeah, it's, it's good. She's she's doing really well. I'm really proud of her. Yeah. So. Do you think you'll ever go with her? I've asked her whether or not if she wanted me to go. Um, she said she wouldn't mind me going. Um, I, 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 I'm still trying to sort of come to terms with with it myself. Cause yeah. I, you know, when when you're dealing with someone who has an addiction, you sometimes look at them as being very, very selfish and very self-consumed and, and there's kind of like a hatred there for yeah. them because... Well, you, know, you, you resent them you resent them for yeah. what they've done, yeah. Yeah, so it's still sort of there's a little bit of um, I don't know, trying to sort of understand it myself. So mm. maybe 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 I should go. Well, but, there's um, no should about it. If you want to go, then it, it might yeah. be something you could explore together. I think I've been to one yeah. meeting, you know, as a backup sort of person, and I found it really. Yeah. Um, I found it, first of all, I was honoured that they, they wanted me to go with them, but also I found it really interesting hearing the stories of other people and how, you know, people from completely different walks of life can have so much in common. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the thing with, with you know, my mum's sort of discovered, you know, she's, you know, um, you know, people who are, you know, who were sort of the different sort of classes and, and that, and, yeah. you know, and that, that yeah, the... Um, the same sort of things they've gone through. Well, and then also because they've spent years hiding it. 
You know, yeah. they've spent years thinking they're the only ones and they're the ones that are tricking everyone else or, you know, um, keeping it, uh, doing strange things that no one else would do. And then they realise everyone's yeah. been playing pretty much the same game, you know. Yeah. Well, my, I mean, my mum, she didn't really sort of hide it. It was it was out there. She just, she didn't really give a damn what people thought. Right. She sort of, yeah, it, it wasn't something that she hid. You know, she she wouldn't hide bottles or anything like that. It was out in the open, and you know, if you did if if you didn't like it, then you could just go away. You know, that sort of attitude. Yeah. Um, which was you know, which was kind of difficult because then then you sort of think, well, well, hold on a minute, you you don't seem to, I don't know, you don't care about how we feel, you know, and. You know, that's, uh, I don't know. Yeah, and and I know it's difficult to hear this because obviously it's impacted on you and yeah. that's real, but she's yeah. probably too far gone to give a toss about anyone or anything. Yeah. Didn't care about I herself mean, anymore. Yeah, I mean, you know, we was teenagers and, you know, growing up and that, you know, we would, you know, if she, as long as she had her, her drink, we would go without food, we would go without electric. God. You know, we'd sit there... You know, we'd sit there for a couple of days with nothing to eat. Yeah. You know, or, or you know, there'd be no electric in the house or, or heating or anything. You know, we, you know, as long as she, you know, that was it. As long as she had her drink and, and that, you know, that was it. Everything was fine. Yeah. You know, and, but when you met, you know, if you, you know, to meet my mum, she doesn't come across that way as, as someone who would do that, you know, that, you know, she's, a, you know, a loving, caring person, yeah. but it just consumed her and, that's so, a, yeah, that's addiction. Well. That's addiction yeah. for you. Have you ever thought about going to like an Al-Anon meeting? Have you heard of Al-Anon? No. Well, I've only heard of it because I listened to Keith and the Girl, and I know that Hemda yeah. goes, and it's a meeting like a support, like a twelve-step group almost, but yeah. it's for people who've been affected by someone else's alcoholism. Oh right. Oh okay. And do you know what? You might find you might find a bit of comfort and a bit of um, not enlightenment, but uh, fellowship in that. And it might help yeah. you kind of come to terms with what what's gone on there, and you're talking to other people and how it's how it's affected you, and maybe affected your behaviour as a result. Yeah, I mean, I've tried, you know, trying to sit. My mum's, I don't, my mum's not up to the point of actually hearing how her alcoholism has no. affected her. She gets very, very upset about yeah some of the things that she's done to yeah. us. Um, so that that's difficult. So we haven't been able to sort of really sit down and talk to her. You know, she feels, you know, like sh- she's under attack. Yeah, and also you know, it's and, shame. You know, addiction yeah. kind of feeds off shame and lives in shame, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But if you went to one of these things, I don't know, I think they do online meetings as well. You could try that oh, out. I'll have a look. It might okay, be nice yeah. to sort of um, be around other people who get it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll have a look at that. And then you wouldn't have to okay. confront her with it because no. you won't get it out another way. Yeah, so no, that's a good idea. I'll have a look. Have a look. Let me know you get um, on. I'd be interested to yeah. know. Because yeah. um, it doesn't go away, does it, for, for keeping it to yourself? No. I mean, yeah, I was... Because I was, uh, I was going to phone up and talk about my skiving off. Yeah. And, um, and I guess some of the reason why, you know, I used to skive off was because, you know, down to how things were at home yeah you know and, and that you know I, I didn't go to school for probably half of my last year at, at school really yeah it just we, we i went i went to um i went to a convent school um 
it was a school that was used in the video for Driftwood by Travis. Oh, right, yeah, so classic, um, classic old-fashioned school, yeah. Yeah, it's massive. So, you know, I'd find a nook to hide in, you know. If I didn't want to go to class, I'd just find somewhere to hide because it was so big. You, you know, sometimes you, you wouldn't see someone for ages, you know. Yeah. But then I a lot of the time my eye would bunk off and I'd go, I used to be boring I used to go to the library and read books about JFK <laughs> <laughs> oh so it was kind of studious bunking yeah you weren't going yeah, off and smoking learning. fags and drinking cider <laughs> no no I was learning I was having a fag I was having uh, you know smoking you know in the park on the way there and on the way back but yeah, yeah and uh, maybe the crafty cigarette in the uh, in the toilets of the library but um but, um, yeah, I used to go and just sit there and read books about JFK and things. <laughs> oh, do you know, I feel sorry for little Sally, really. I know, I was, yeah. When you look back. Was, yeah, it was tough, you know. Yeah, I, I think, I think I'd, think i you know, want to rewind and probably do I think I'd like to do that again. But, you know, there you go. Yeah. So wasn't really down to you, was it? No. So, oh, bless you. But, um, they were good. There's <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sally, have a go with Alanon if if that's what you feel like it might help. I just yeah, I think it could I will. could be useful. And Hemda's always going on about it. Yeah, I'll Something have a look. I'll have a look at Alanon. Yeah. Fact, right, let, me have a look, let, me, let me look now and see. That's it. Because there'll be someone else listening who's in a similar situation. And they do it for, like, whatever it is. I think there's probably a Narcotics Anonymous version of it as well. Hang on. Alan yeah. On. So, oh, yeah, I've got it here. Yeah, for families and friends of alcoholics. I think it can even be yeah. if, you, if you, you know, working with someone or, like I say, you might not be in a relationship with them, you know, in the traditional sense, but someone whose mm. behaviour is impacting on you. Um yeah. I think it's really important, you know. Yeah. Oh, they've got one. Yeah, they've got one. They've got one where I live. Well, there we go. I'll have a look. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Nice to hear from All you, Sally. Andy, bye. Take care, Nanai. Oh three four four. Bye. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you want to give me a ring. Oh, if you want to have a look uh, for Alanon, it's www.al-anonuk.org.uk. You know. I don't know. Sometimes these groups work for you. They might work for you, might not, but it's something worth considering, I think, if you feel like you're carrying this crap round that actually had nothing to do with you and everything to do with you at the same time. You're listening to Talk Radio. I'm going to speak to Giselle the other side of the break, but then it could be you. 0344 499 uh, You can text talk and your message to me here on 87222, and that'll cost you 25p plus your standard network rate. Or you can tweet me at Talk Radio at Flipping Cath. But really, the phone number is probably the easiest way to get through, and we phone you straight back so it'll cost you next to nothing 0344 499 1000 experience the unconventional the unpredictable and the completely unorthodox the late night alternative with Catherine Boyle on talk radio we've got a nice tweak through from the worst of Brighton great show tonight I even looked at Mary Davis I found out very late I am high functioning Asperger's humanoid smiley face there we go a lot of people finding that really late and there's something here that we've started talking about. Hiya, Giselle. Hello. Uh, talking about how women aren't diagnosed as quickly oftentimes um, with Asperger's. A lot of it's put down to, you know, being a shy girl or whatever. Yeah, that's right. I was diagnosed when I was 16 and it was complete by accident. Really? 
Yeah. Uh, so I I was under a psychiatrist for uh, family relationship reasons. Right. And it was referred out from uh, CAMS, which is the Children and Adolescent Mental Health Service. Um, and they they were supposed to, the psychiatrist was supposed to meet with myself and um, my parents. And uh, my parents refused to cooperate, so they ended up meeting with me a few times. And um, I would evidence how I felt about things uh, through graphs and various different things. And um, the psychiatrist in question just turned around and went, yeah, well, not many people that are 14 do this. And just went, yeah, I think you you might be autistic. And, um, yeah, I got diagnosed. I sort of started talking about it in the year preceding, and I got diagnosed when I was um, just turned about 16 in one month. And um, yeah, completely by accident. So it wasn't it wasn't ever picked up. I was I was very academic as a kid. Um, looking back over time, you know, there are, there are telltale signs, but it yeah. it's what it is tends to be is that women as as a as a gender tend to be able to mask things better and and mimic better so so subconsciously will mimic uh, situations around them and therefore able to to mask it so yeah I was, I was diagnosed completely by accident and and at 16 and I'm 23 now and to be honest with you if if it wasn't picked up by accident I don't think it would have been picked up fascinating do you think your life has improved since getting the diagnosis oh that's that's a tough one i think it depends how you view labels if you take something uh that can empower you and you take it as as that then yeah sure but it's it's not about kind of other people um how other people see you it, it's whether that is valid to you yeah and it's like any label you know in in that sense yeah i'm just thinking from the perspective of you know i've got a couple of friends who have had children um, diagnosed and thankfully quite early on but they kind of had to fight for it to be looked at and then when it was it it confirmed that they knew that they, their child was different not nothing wrong with the children but the child's brain was 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 wired, wired differently yeah and that they treated they saw life differently but it also gave them some clue as to how to take it going forward you know yeah um i think that the these uh, differences in young people are, are kind of being documented as as the culture towards differences are changing yeah. uh, now. But certainly, when I was growing up, um, uh, and even when I was diagnosed, uh, my mother refused point blank to believe that that I had this, and consequently uh, couldn't have been less encouraging about it. Mm. And I think that that's quite detrimental. And so with parents being aware younger um some some children depending on you know where you are on on that spectrum and, and the differences between the genders and and kind of things that are picked up um are more aware than other parents but i can certainly say that uh if you are a parent of somebody with autism which is the only thing i can obviously i can speak on yeah um then it it does help to have that positive reinforcement because negative reinforcement unfortunately only puts the autistic person in kind of more of a tailspin um because you know when you get diagnosis you, you my own experience is 
you know, well, what do you mean I'm autistic? What does this mean? And and then you suddenly want to know everything about it. Mm-hmm. Then you probably, you know, may may well disregard it for a while. Um, but a lot of people also feel relieved, you know, that actually they do fit into a box because they don't necessarily fit into the same box as their peers, but they fit into this one. Right. Um, so it it really does vary from person to person. But um, yeah, I do, I do think that having awareness is is kind of key with both the person and the family it's much the same as as addiction in that sense in that you know their support networks for the person and also the family because as an autistic person it's almost like a sixth sense in that i can i can pick up other people you know in terms of i will know if somebody around me also is autistic um but that's just a kind of a difference again where um being autistic is not something I need to learn about because I am autistic. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. When you look back uh, at some of the things you were doing that that other people were puzzled by, you you mentioned that, you know, obviously when you got your diagnosis, you went, ah, okay, so it might be part part of that. What kind of thing are you talking about? The most obvious thing, and again, I can only speak from my own experience, but the most obvious thing for me um, was... Uh, social communication and the lack of friends so I never had friends growing up I I used to um, be looked after the majority of the time by a childminder and she had to go into the school that I was at when I was uh, probably the same age as your youngest um, and say you know please can you get some classmates to make friends with Giselle because you know she doesn't have any friends I was was very much kind of a loner um, very uh, fixated on on things i uh had quite advanced skills in reading and and things like that because i'd spent a lot of my time you know on a on a bench kind of reading it, it in playground rather than than anything else and and just um uh there there are positive aspects as well you know i had a very high attention to detail which is something that that i still have now and benefits me on personal and professional levels um and it's it's just a, also the patterns of thinking so a lot of uh, autistic people are visual thinkers they tend to be split into three particularly like in women as well uh, visual thinkers pattern thinkers mm-hmm. um and verbal thinkers so you might have somebody that's very good at artwork and hence fits the stereotype of a of an autistic woman that would be shy but very good in, in their particular skill set uh, you might have somebody like me, which won't surprise you to know that I think verbally. Um, <laughs> and you might have a passion thinker uh, who might be good at music Boom. or maths because they understand the intricacies in patterns without really having to think about it. So it's it's just the way, you know, but, but conversely, I couldn't pick up things like uh, something called cognitive empathy, which is different to empathy in terms of thinking about people's feelings. It's it's more about people's thoughts. Uh, Neurotypical people, that's non-autistic people, tend to have uh, innate ability to understand what another person might be thinking. I don't have that. And that's a very big thing for me in terms of being autistic, that I can pick up on people's emotions, but not their thoughts. So I will need people to reassure me if I was say are you okay and somebody said yes i wouldn't be able to tell whether they're telling the truth or not yeah whether it was one of those yeses or or a yes let's move on because i don't want to discuss this anymore or yes please please recognize in my face that i'm saying yes but it's really not okay yeah it's differences in tone and and something that i've had to learn so because i don't have like a 
a social cue and social language built in my brain from scratch because I'm wired slightly differently. Mm-hmm. It means it's something I've had to learn really from being an adult. Um, and, and I guess that's, that kind of led itself when you're a kid to not being able to make friends as well as other people because of that. But it's possible to adapt uh, and overcome. Yeah, and, and and that's what you will do because we're we're coping beings, aren't we? I'm, I was thinking, I've been thinking a lot over the last couple of weeks about the fact that there are, a, there's a whole generation of people who um, are different and who have been looked after with the best of intentions by parents who end up being elderly, and then when those parents go. Uh, they're out in the world and it becomes quite clear that they've not been prepared to look after themselves because they were you know they were very very loved and very looked after and the and the mum or dad uh, knew that they um, needed to be looked after for an extended time but didn't think make that provision um, and also they're kind of unaware I'm, I'm thinking about, there's a family member of mine who has managed to find his niche in order to be able to carry on uh, with like when you're talking about patterns and stuff patterns very ordered thinker plays the piano but there's no musicality in it but the the notes are all there that kind of person um worked as an engineer solitary but it's mechanical pattern thinking um and -hmm. has always been in a position where he's been kind of in charge you know whereby he's um he's the sort of caregiver so he gets to decide when when dinners I had and things like that you know and it became quite obvious um I'll tell you I'm talking about my step-granddad it became quite and before being married to my grandma who was older than him he was married to someone who uh, was disabled and so he had to look after her and he was great at that because he was regimented you know but when uh, we came along and there's sort of younger people in the house and it's quote-unquote disordered couldn't cope with it and at first we thought it was because he didn't like us but it's not that at all it's just that he's never been off his track um but but he's also not grown up in a time when that kind of stuff was picked up on and people thought ah hang on a minute could it be this you know and i'm 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 reticent to diagnose someone but you know it's kind of an explanation that helps us to understand what it might be and so to not take stuff personally because it can be bloody difficult yeah, it, it sounds like that regimented is, is definitely the yeah. word that kind of stands out to yeah. me there. Um, it sounds like uh, one of the things with, with autism is um, a difficulty with change. Yeah. So if, and, and also it sounds like he may well have a lot of leadership skill. Oh, absolutely. But perhaps not, uh, which is, this is completely talking from pers- personally uh, relating here, uh, not as good in sort of teamwork, so somewhere where you necessarily don't take the lead and you have to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, that that is a whole different kind of kettle of fish and skill set. Yeah. Um, but it's just, I think, you know, with somebody of of that generation and age in particular, it's uh, yeah, as you say, it wasn't picked up on no in those days. But he was, it, he was it, just labelled a kind of awkward, strange kid. Really, and his mum yeah, took, took him under a wing. And the dad didn't get on with him, yeah. didn't know what to do with him, but the mum protected him basically. Mm, it's, I think it's, it's like in in any case, just getting a. I, I'm not a parent, but parents getting a balance between protection and not over protection because you know people have to 
make their own way in the world. And unfortunately, if you shelter somebody too much and you, you pass away in that instance, then they're kind of left to fend for themselves and, and don't necessarily have the skill set. But likewise, you can also be uh, not given enough and yeah. kind of the same same result ensues. I had one of those um, scenarios. And it, it is possible, but um, even though I was diagnosed late at 16, it's, it's not like being diagnosed, um, say, somebody like Anne Hegarty mm-hmm. from The Chase who is diagnosed and she was diagnosed with Asperger's when she was 60 I think um or 50 possibly so later than than 16 and um you know that that must be hard because you know you you try and fit the pieces together but it is still possible you know it just uh, takes understanding from the person and the persons around them I think yeah yeah absolutely and it's that thing talking to a lot of social workers um you know asking them for advice recently on various things that we're sort of covering on this show but um it's something that they're coming back with time after time is this this idea that um a lot of these people have been uh, under the radar for years and years because they've been so well looked after and then of course um they're not going to get any help because no one knows about them until yeah. they, until they come a cropper, or in t- case until they get into trouble, or you know whatever it might be. Um, yeah, and that's just um, unfortunately that's just uh, exacerbating already standing vulnerabilities yeah. um, of people in society that that need help but have to kind of crash into a tree before they they get it, which is kind of quite sad, really. That totally is. Do you think things are getting better? <sighs> You know, I think it's all about money. And I think that, unfortunately, um, money is, you know, what allows people to get training. I think people's intentions are there for things to get better. Um, But I think the right resources have to be had. And, unfortunately, that that comes down to money. But, you know, my opinion doesn't matter on it, really. But I hope so. It's interesting. It's not that it doesn't matter. So, uh, all that stuff aside, Giselle, how are you doing? I'm good. I was going to ask you how you were doing. Has anybody asked you today? <laughs> Has anyone asked me today? I've been unconscious for a lot of the day, which is kind of how I like it. Um, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. It's uh, it's a strange sensation because normally there's two of us in here and it is weird to be in here kind of talking out into the ether, but it's cool. You know, it's something I did, I've done before and I get used to it after a while and uh, it's only for a week. It's all groovy. Yeah, it is. Like, honestly, I'm not just saying this, it's an absolute privilege to listen to you when you do um, solo shows because they are so special. Ah. And I think a lot of the callers will give you this this rhetoric, but it is the absolute truth because it's just different. For me, it reminds me of an amalgamation of various different... Because obviously I've listened to a lot of radio and uh, a lot of different... Somewhere between sort of Graham Torrington and Edith Bowman. (laughs) You know, it's just... Enjoy it. You can have that one. Kat. That's a nice sandwich. Um, it's it's you know you have such a, a vibe. But obviously, you, you know you you also have you would you attract a different uh, a different person in terms of that will call than Ian will because the vibe is different. Mm. But ultimately, the listenership is still the same. If that makes sense. Yeah. So as a, as a listener, you the. It is honestly, it's an absolute privilege. Oh well, bless you. Thanks very much for saying that. I worry that it's not um, um, that it might be a bit too chilled out. No, but then you know you might as well say that you worry that Ian shouts too much. It's just it it just is what it is. It's just different. It's not yeah. bad. It's just different. Just different. Oh, thanks very much, Giselle. I really appreciate that. That's cool. 
Yeah, no problem. Nice to speak to you. Take care of yourself. You too. We'll Thank speak again. Much. Take care. Bye. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We've got Dave on the other side of this, and then maybe you. How about that? Oh, no one's listening at this time. So if you wanted to tell me something, he's going to know. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. The late night alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech radio with a difference. Talk radio. Listen up, Giselle. We've had uh, someone message that may have um, had a little light bulb go on in their head while they were listening to you talking. Fascinating chat with Giselle, says Simon. I've always been convinced I'm on the spectrum. She's just described me to a T. I'm 43 and our generation were not diagnosed either. You were called names and put down as being naughty and rebellious. There we go. Uh, if you want to give me a ring, you've got 20 minutes, probably less than that, because Paul Ross will be in here telling us what's on his fantastic show, which comes up after this one. 0344 499 1000 is the number to call, though. That's 0344 499 1000. What happens is, is we pick up the phone in the usual way. We take your number, we give you a call straight back, so it costs you next to nothing. Hey, Dave. Dave, you're on. Hi, sorry, I uh, had to... Take off speaker. That's all right. Are you all right, Dave? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just listening to. I was listening to what you said, and um, go on. Most days, yeah. Most days, I wake up thinking I want to kill myself. So I was just wondering what. Blimey! What, um, how long has this been? Go- how long? Um, how long has this been going on, Dave? Twelve months. Twelve months. Did anything trigger that, or is it just? Um, yeah, lots of things triggered it, but um, <clears throat> yeah, I was just um, a thought pony when I listened to about what you were talking about. I'm glad you did. You don't have to tell me anything too sensitive, but if you want to tell me enough to lift it a bit, feel free. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, two, uh, well, two years. Two, two years, I, yeah, I've been, uh, well, I've been battling with it. Um, it's a bit more progressive. Mm-hmm. What you ba- what um, you battling with the feeling or are we talking depression or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heavy, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, anxiety and depression. Yeah. Oh man, what a cocktail that is. Hmm. Social anxiety right. and depression. Okay. Okay. But you know, and I'm obviously bringing the house down Anna. Oh don't be daft. It's fine. You know you can ring about anything on this show. Mm. So have you got people around you that are aware of this situation or are you carrying this by yourself? Um I've been carrying it for myself until um about three or four days ago. I went to see uh, um, somebody at a hospital and uh, told them. Hey, that's something. Mm-hmm. And they said, I'm surprised I had to, you know, even got there. Mm-hmm. And what did they say? Um, what did they say about that? 
No, they've given me lots of advice on where to go and see people and different things, and I can't. I've got a full. I'm not. I'm only actually speaking to you now because I've had a drink, um, but I've got a phobia on the phone. So I can't even answer the phone or mail. Everything's a catastrophe yeah. in my eyes. Yeah. But if it's a phone call, <clears throat> no matter who it is, I will think it's a catastrophe. Oh, yeah. I recognise that. If it's, a, if it's something coming up through the door, a letter, I think that's a catastrophe. Has to face them and someone trying to. Um, so I don't speak to anybody. Yeah. Um, about from a mum, sister, and one other person. Okay. And how were they? Do they um, do they get it? They're, 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 uh, they're lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you got them. Yeah. Apart from that. Uh, I have other people in life who think I'm a complete nutcase because um, they don't under understand mental health. But yeah. <clears throat> I'm turning 40, let me think, um, 40 something now, and I've probably suffered with it from being about 10. Oh, blimey. That is a long time. Uh, that is a long time. Hmm. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was back then. Back back then, back then, only I've only known what it is for the last maybe ten to twenty. Oh no, fifteen years maybe. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Prior to that, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Does it help any but knowing what it is? Does it Does it help at all knowing what it is? It did initially. Yeah, it, it initially helped with um, being diagnosed with social anxiety and. Anxiety, general anxiety and depression. Yeah, it did initially, but it's, it's deliberating to the fact that you can't go out, you can't right. go yeah. out the door. The best thing I can describe it as, and I don't know anyone else, if it could help anyone else out there, is um, it feels like a... If you answer the door, Dan, a, a T Rex is going to come through and kill you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand That's how that. It feels and the thing when is, it's just the postman. and yeah, and the thing is, the longer you live in that, the more you, the more it gets entrenched. I'm guessing, Dave. Yep, exactly. And, and um, people I've seen this week have said the same. Yeah. If I don't get out of that trench, I will. Stay in that trench. Yeah, but it's easier said than done sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. So there's no, there's no, there's no real reason why. I mean, it's what, what's annoying is, is there's no real reason why, as a person, you should feel that way. Well, because you've not asked for it. I'm not asked for it. But everyone says it goes back to um, Cave Monday's height or flight and these things and but there's obviously triggers that, and things have <clears throat> influenced to make me feel that way but um, yeah, yeah I just find it um, exhausting I bet it's heavy uh, it feels like when you're in the depths of it you're never going to bounce back up again
Mm-hmm. Um, you're lucky you've got people around. I, I'm saying you're lucky. You know this, but it doesn't feel it a lot of the time because you can't see beyond yeah. beyond what what you're feeling at the moment. But obviously, you've got people that love you and that want to, um, and will wait for you to bounce back up. However, that manifests mm-hmm. itself. I mean, do you bounce back up, or is it always low? Um, yeah, about I bounce back up maybe to me, medium or mediocrity level. All right. Where we are all for maybe a day or two, and then <clears throat> I bounce back back down. Yeah. Um, when was the last time you went and talked to your GP about it? Uh, well, I've actually been to the hospital um, this week, and uh, well, I actually changed. I actually changed um, my GP from county. Right. Uh, well, where I was living, I've moved into where mum and dad lived because where I was living, that the, the um, NHS was just non-existent and didn't want to know mm. unless I unless I phoned up and said. Well, actually, I did. I phoned up the crisis teams and said, I'm really, really bad. Da, 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 da. But unless unless I said, I'm going to kill myself, they didn't want to know. Yeah, well, I've heard that story a lot, Dave. But yeah. Well done for shouting. So, well done for shouting up for yourself. Well, I think that's wrong. I mean, and I've moved actually counties yeah. from to get the right help. Of course it's wrong. And there's, some, there's something... Con- considerably wrong there yeah. to say that you know someone in desperation would phone up and I did actually speak to I but you speak to different people in in the say what what's wrong with you you know so well I'm thinking about killing myself in about half an hour and they'd be like well yeah are, are you going to do it and I'd be like well no mm-hmm. but the thought so, is well, there forget it forget it then <laughs> and then they would say forget it oh man that is the way the NHS is. Yeah. But that's not the NHS people's fault. That is the funding's fault, not the NHS Of course it is. It's, it's all about them trying to sort of um, firefight, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But so you... I, 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 just, I, just, I just heard what you were talking about with your other, um, you know, your other colleague on, 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 on there, and I just yeah. thought I'd just put, put my real-life... Thing in that the fact that um, I got back this evening, and I thought, how can I kill myself? Mm. Um, and I thought, well, what the heck am I thinking? What the heck am I thinking that for? And then, and then, you know, most mornings I wake up and think. But I, did, I, I think what are we on Sunday. I think I did try. I did try to do it, but um, the um, curtain pole fell down. Oh, blimey, Dave. Well, do you know what? I'm really glad it did, and I'm really glad we've had that conversation. And um, have you tried Samaritans? Does that help any? Yeah, I spoke I spoke one time when I was really yeah, very bad, maybe 12 months ago, more than that. I was close to it, and I put Samaritans for yeah, and he's a really nice man. Yeah. But the the problem is, I will be quite honest with you, is um, there's no there's a, the, the, there's no help from um, funding the NHS or in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, you have to wait for 
I've known I've spoke to people who've have to wait for twelve months to get an, an appointment. So um, when they talk about heart disease, different things, um, sugar is, is a bigger killer than heart disease, which I know from statistics. But this is, is, is a big. The way the society has gone, this is a massive, massive problem, yeah. and. I commend the you know um the royalties trying to help um and james middleton he 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 did the big big um for you know he he did it for no money in in, in the express a big a big article about how he he's um struggled with his mental health and it is a real disease um but people think well. What I feel like after 30 years, if I went and walked in the road and got smashed over and I was in a wheelchair, then people would be, uh, would, 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 would say, oh, oh dear, that's terrible. Yeah. And that's what everyone says, they can't see it, they can't. And it is a legitimate illness. And I, I, I actually equate it to, um, I know this may sound very, very, very silly, but I equate it to, because I've got friends who are gay. I'm not gay, but I've got friends who are gay. And I equate it to that, the fact that, you know, years ago people said people who were gay were were wrong and it was all, all wrong and all wrong. And, and now it's gradually and fa- finally got to, to, to a... a um, a normal stage where everyone can accept that. Mm-hmm. I think that's the same with mental health. It will, it will, it will have to um, progress to where people will actually do the same and think. Am I making sense? I yeah. don't know. No, you are. Know. You are, and I think people are talking about it more. And you sharing your experience helps, and you'll be helping someone with that that you'll never meet. Someone will be listening to this now and going, "Ah, oh, hang on a minute, I know that. That's me, or yeah. that's my brother." Oh, that's, you know, my daughter, mm. whatever it might be. So you are helping. Listen, I, mm. I, I'm running short of time, but I don't want you thinking I'm mm. cutting you off. I really appreciate you phoning. It's okay. And I'm glad, I'm glad you keep saving yourself, Dave. Because even though it's getting, oh. it's dark, right, and even though you feel like you don't want to carry on, something in you is is reaching out, and I, and I appreciate that, and I'm glad. Mm. Thank you. All right. So get your head Thank down you, tonight and, yeah. and take tomorrow as it comes. And if you want to give us a ring, you know what my number is. Yeah, phone you again. All okay. right. And uh, the show is fantastic and uh, you're perfect as a producer and, and um, you know, um, a talk host and, <laughs> and, and, and every shape or form and you deserve your own show. Ah, oh, thanks, Dave. Well... Let's see what um, happens. But I, I'm, for, for now, I'm just no, glad I, I was here tonight to take your phone call. They can, they can listen. <laughs> they can listen from me. All right. Thanks, Dave. Everybody listen. <laughs> Thanks very much, Dave. Maybe... Love, love to everybody. Um, love to you and love to everybody. Back at you, Dave. Night. All the best. Good night. Good night. Bye-bye. 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 And, um, you know, 116123, Samaritans, they're brilliant. They're brilliant. If you're in that situation, you never have to 
carry on on your own. There's always someone there who will listen. And if we're on, you know, you can give us a ring. Uh, we're running short of time, so um, let's have a quick word with Naomi. Hey, Naomi. Hello, how are you? Hello. Now, I know you've been wagging it. <laughs> Which is a term I don't know whether they use down south, but you told me a very charming story. If you could tell us it dead quick before the end, it'll... Um, it will be the clunky gear change that maybe we need. I was skipping school with two of my friends on our way from school in the 90s, as we did, really up a sick, walking down, and one of my friends said, oh, crap, it's your mum. Like, don't be daft, don't be daft, it's all right, she's at work. And then I clocked eyes with this lady, and we didn't, our eyes just did not fixate off each other, and then it was my mum. Ah, busted! <laughs> she just said, oh, then you go back to school. By the time we got to school, she'd phoned the school, my friend's parents, and she said to me, she also said, I'll see you at home. Oh, dear. When I got home, oh, my gosh, it was awful. I got home, the deadly silence in the house. It was awful. That was a punishment on its own, Catherine. Uh, I, I, do you know what? That is the thing I feared the most and why I never yes. wagged it. And, and and you're an example to us all, Naomi. I I had the sex and everything. I thought of every excuse. And she goes, well, I saw you, so there's no point lying. And Busted. I had to stick in my hand and everything. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, you deserved it. Your mum was right. Yeah. Oh, and I also I also get called, instead of Naomi, I get called Leona. Right, OK. I'm going to change your name on the, on our system as it's well, not, so we'll do it here. No worries. <laughs> Thanks. Brother, uh, it worse, my brother's my woman called me Leona as well. Oh, blimey. Right. OK, Leone, yeah. we'll speak to you another time. But thank you for calling. We're done. Thank you for your company all night. I'll be back same time tomorrow, 10 till 1. Up next, the fantastic Paul Ross. Enjoy. Talk Radio. We've got entertainment and we're not afraid to use it. Talk Radio.